Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. From Chemist Warehouse for cold and flu relief, get 30 tablets for just $6.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ Tuesday, the 31st of May. And wow, is there a more travelled man in NZ? I'm unsure. He's here, he's up in the studio with the crew, staring at Kempi. Oh, you're a handsome bugger, Kempi, I must say. Better in real life, better in real life. And Louis Herman, what next to me? We've got Joe and Kez in the back room. And Aroha, I hope you're doing okay. Uh, big show for you today. We're going to talk some NBA Finals. The puzzle is now complete as the Golden State take on the Celtics. In a few days' time, we'll chat to Seth Partnow, who is an NBA analysis for The Athletic. And remember, Harrison Marker, Louis waiting for you. So give us a text, double eight, double three, on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Well done. Jason Tatum and the Celtics getting the job done over the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler trying to... Get the job done for Miami. 35 points, but just fell short. So the Ticks will be taking on the Golden State Warriors. Who are you backing? Who are you backing in the finals? I'm a Warriors fan, so I'll probably go with them. Um, Seth Curry. Well, Steph Curry. Um, Clay Thompson. Draymond Green. Bang, it's going to be electric finals there for the NBA and after that we're going to talk some golf with so much success on the golfing world stage Foxy flying the flag on the European tour Steve Alka probably the most consistent golf golfer 
in the world right now on the CG, Senior PGA Championship. We've got Lydia Ko on the LPGA. Dean Murphy is New Zealand golf CEO, and he'll join the show to chat about the success and, well, the pathway to dynamics for Kiwi golfers now as they are getting so much success on the world stage. And after eight, the boys chat to Frank Panisi yesterday. So that was a pre-record. We'll, ch- we'll play you that after eight o'clock. He is the general manager of football for arguably the most successful club globally, the Melbourne Storm. Frank Panisi will be on after eight. I'm looking forward to that chat. I missed that one yesterday. So even I'm excited for that. Stay tuned. After eight o'clock, Frank Panisi out of the Melbourne Storm. And remember... We have Baz on our show tomorrow. So if you have any questions, fire them through on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight, double three. The first test starts Thursday night, and it's live here on SCNZ. So stay tuned. All your action live here. So we'll chat to Baz. Remember, give us a text, anything you want to know, leading into that first test, the most anticipated test series, I feel, for a very, very long time. So that is our show. Give us a call. Or a message anytime. Love to hear from you. That's enough from me. Morning team, how are we? Yeah, good daggy. Yeah, morning up, morning a daggy. Paikiti kiti tokano here tonight. Um, good to see your face, mate. In person, in person, launching the big. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Identity. Identity. <laughs> <laughs> first one, first one yesterday, eight, and yep. you got another one. You're telling me this morning. So, mate, how was it? How was the launch of the uh, the new co the new business? It was great. Yeah, it was good to catch up with um, uh, my, my partner, uh, my surgeon from out of Melbourne. He's been stuck over there for three years, so he flew to New Zealand his first time over over here. He was just talking about like just the difficult situation when you travel now and how easy we had it like there's yeah. so many hurdles you're gonna jump through jump over oh it's just it's pretty difficult to travel these days but um he made it he got over here and yesterday i had my first one yeah he was um he's pretty happy he's um happy with his his outcome you don't see any you know any changes for at least a couple of months you know mm. six months down down the line that's when you'll start seeing the results. But um, you know, he got it done. He's pretty pretty happy. I got another one today. Young young bloke from Gizzy's uh, making a trip to Auckland, and he'll have his little moment. And uh, yeah, we'll just keep pushing forward. And then post this. We're gonna we're gonna meeting in here, and then I'm gonna have a photo shoot. I'm just gonna do photos for my website. So nice. Once, once the website's launched, then that'll be a real base and. I guess that's when it will feel like it's it's actually launching. Um, yeah. Yesterday was a good step in the right direction, but once the website I have a base, then it'll be good. So yeah, Skucky box front, Skucky box in front the, in the uh, photo shoot. You're not going to wear a hat. <laughs> you saw the Skucky box front on TV. Oh, eh? <laughs> I was at the pub, but I was like, oh, I was like, that's the Skucky box front that Daggy's been talking about. I'm like, what are you talking about, mate? Like, yeah, no. Full head of hair on the mm. front. It is. It's, it is incredible. And a, fringe. and a fringe. But it is actually so thick. Mm. It is, you know. And you can see. You can see it real good because obviously, did you hear on Sky? They obviously get made it like real prominent. Oh, I did that. Oh, did, I did you that. do? That? Yeah. Yeah. Looked, hey, mate, I got home. I got home. Good. I got home from the show the other day when uh, you were talking about what I thought was like a V8 with, with carburetors <laughs> and, well, and twin pipes. The Dyson, mate, hair straightener with the with the blow dryer, and my, my wife goes. What about that? The hair dry and the hair straightening and all that. You, can you remember you doing, if you ever did that, I'm like, nah. Not you, at you, all. You're saying you've never straightened your hair, Kimpy? Oh, mate, 
My hair doesn't need straightening. If I grow it, it just goes. It goes. It's like a plant, mate. It just goes straight <laughs> up to the sun. And the only Beanstalk. reason, the only reason it'll fall back is if I got a whole bucket of gel on it, or it just starts to get really heavy and starts to fall over. But oh, it's, a, it's a terrible hair to hear once it gets going. Seriously, <laughs> what sort of rotation are you on to the barber? Uh, fortnightly. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Good mm. blokes too. Good blokes, Ezra and. Uh, and the boys out at uh, Cumu, they're packed up, mate. Mm. Like these these boys came out there and opened up a barber shop, and honestly, now they're taking bookings. And I'm like, nah, mate, I ain't I ain't phoning up to book. <laughs> Not a chance. Not uncle. Lock me in every two nah, two week rotations, Sam, mate. Mate, I've been through a few of them out there. Noah as a um, as a and Sam, and at the moment Sam's got the all the yeah, they're like four, mate. Mm. They're like horses. Um, barbers <laughs> sometimes they get like they're real bad like yeah. as it was real good but he had a kid and he's gone a bit off on it I um, actually y- yes and their mood can like they can yeah. get in mood troughs barbers have you noticed like sometimes hey. barbers can get like a little bit you can go through like a couple of week period where they'll just be like kind of a little bit snappy at you like the business isn't going well or something then the next time you're in there they're like back full of themselves again <laughs> mate there's this one kid in there Sam he's, he's someone and he loves rugby mm. as rugby is this game he always goes who's your super team mm. who's your super team like that and we talk rugby all the time and, mate, he is Mr. Consistent. His whole attitude, the way uh, I went in there the other day and Noah goes over like this, you know, gives me the eye and says, come over here and sit myself. I just went, no, nah, man, I'm with Sam. Sam's the, Sam's the one I'm on at the moment. I'm waiting there. And Sam looked at me and go, oh, sorry, Papa T, man, can't do you today. I'm taking bookings. And I'm like, I'll cut it out. Oh, He's no. that good, mate. He's mate, now taking bookings. I feel you. I feel you. Like, you go to a barber and, you, and you're like, you're waiting because you got your man, you know, the one you want. Mm. And then you get up and he's like, oh, no, you're with the bro. You're with the bro here. And get up here. One little situation, one little scenario. I'll, I'll tell you about this. Anyway, <laughs> we go to my mate and I'm like, I, I took Arlo with me. I took Arlo with me. Hopefully he's not listening. Um, I took Arlo, Arlo with me. The, uh, the, the barber that I'm about to talk about. <laughs> you know, I get up and I've booked me and my son to go back to back. And then I get up to walk over and, and the guy goes, oh, no, Arlo will go with the young fella. And I'm like, oh, Okay. You know, Chuck, I sit down and put Arlo over there, and then Arlo's getting his hair cut, and he keeps talking to me. This is before Arlo's fifth birthday. Big day, a lot of photos. <laughs> and he sit, I sit down, he's getting a haircut, he's, and the young fella's talking to me, what do you reckon, bro? I said, yeah, yeah, oh, Jerome, tell him what you do. And so Jerome was telling him what to do and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I got my haircut. I wasn't even taking notice. As soon as we finish, I get up, I look over, I'm like, you know, Smokey? You know, Smokey? Yeah. Damn! <laughs> just look over there and I'm like, just seeing this absolute bowl around Arlo's head. the daisy. And I'm, I'm like, like, he's like what do you reckon? I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah. And I walk home and I walk in Daisy's just like, what is that? Who cut his hair? And I said, it wasn't Jerome, I tell you that. <laughs> oh, oh mate. So I've never been back. I always just say, next time I come back, mate, back to back, me and you, you're taking us both. So, yeah, it is a, mate, it's the biggest decision you will have to make as a barber. It's like you you find that barber, he knows exactly what you want, and you never, ever change because when and you, you find do, you're And you find the good one, and you'll travel, mate, miles. So, so you'll travel like, miles. You guys will like this. So my, the best the best hairdresser I've had in Auckland, uh, I suppose, yeah, she's a barber, Sue Phelan. Now, Sue Phelan's husband is Frank Phelan, the starter at Alexandra Park. Yeah. <laughs> And his, his his son is Scotty Phelan, the harness trainer and driver. So, oh, it's just great heading into Maloney's to see Sue. But 
I have since I moved to Parnell. Sometimes you're just on a tight schedule, so you just go to the one up the road instead of going down there. And Sue, move. and Sue, she looks at my Instagram and she commented on my photos the other day, just haircut, vomiting faces. Like she's just <laughs> trying to get me back in there. She actually cut my hair at Alex Park on the night before Karaka Million. Oh. She's like, "What is going on to your head?" I was like, "Oh, I got a haircut somewhere else." She's like, "That's just that is." What, not- what, what sort of haircut you roll, Lily? Oh, you- just a real basic, like sh- short back and side. I don't even know what it's called. Do you go on and ask for the Richie? The, what's the Richie? I'm in a call. Richie Gore. Nah, the same, same. He's got the photos all I over know, his like wall. A, um, I don't even know. Just a I've seen fake. you with a mullet, though. You oh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, good mullet. I've had to it's, kind a, of, it's, a, it's a deep south thing, though, eh? Yeah, we, you grow up in the, the, when you grow up in Canterbury or just in the South Island, mm. when you go on rugby tournaments, you just come back with a mullet. Yeah. Like the boys just... <laughs> Hack a mullet, and so that was just the childhood. That's if you're from Canterbury. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, if anyone anyone wants to shout out their barber, double eight, double three, and make sure you do that. Mate, just a quick one on that. I should get my son actually coming and talk about haircuts. He's never in his first three years never had a haircut. I put him in a I put him in what those seats that you put them in to feed them. Mm. High chair, a high chair they call that. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I'd cut his hair, mate. Screamed, and I just tried. I ended up just getting a little bit annoyed, so I just chopped it all off. <laughs> It looked like someone attacked him and his mother come and said, what's going on? And I was gone, mate, his sister got hold of the scissors. Yeah. <laughs> and so phoned up a hairdresser and said, oh, look, my daughter got hold of some scissors and, and attacked her brother's hair. Oh, wow. And I walked into the hairdresser and she goes, she did, didn't she? She's made an absolute mess of it. Yeah. So, mate, this, he'll she tell can't you, defend herself. Nah, she, no, she Blame was, four. The kid she that was can't four. talk. She was four. He was three. And um, yeah, and he'll tell stories about clippers that he. I used to give him that kinner cut <laughs> for about seven years with the same clippers. And he, and he tells me now, he's 24, he tells me, you know, those clippers were blunt, dad, eh? And I'm going, nah, mate, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, they call me Michael Jackson because my kinner comes from the man in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Steve, you never cease to amaze me. Hey, um, Izzy, you said right at the top that this uh, Black Caps test series would be about as anticipated as we've had. And mm. Yeah, look, we've had so much good test cricket over the last few while with the World Test Championship, and we've been so proud of this team. But now the extra layer of our man Baz uh, coaching the English, of course. Overnight, the Black Caps have released their, reduced their squad to 15 for this test. Now, for the first test at least, uh, we've got Kane Williamson, Tom Blundell, Trent Bolt, Devin Conway, De Gronholm, Cam Fletcher, mm. Matt Henry, Kyle Jamieson, Tom Latham, Daryl Mitchell, Henry Nichols, Ajaz Patel, Tim Southey, Neil Wagner, Will Young, uh, Michael Bracewell for the first test only because it looks quite unlikely that Henry Nichols is going to play as Hammy mm. is looking like it won't be ready. So Mike Bracewell will take the place there. And the other player who is looking unlikely to play in the first test is Trent Bolt. Mm. Uh, he's just come, he's lost to Lockie Ferguson and mm. Gujarat in the IPL final. So he's turned up back up in England uh, on Monday, but he's li- unlikely to be available, probably just getting his body right and building those loads up to test cricket after playing so much white ball cricket. So you've got, Matt Henry there, who's kind of a like-for-like like in the English conditions, but the Henry Nichols omission in the first test, if that comes to be true, I think that's going to be really testing for whoever comes into that spot to bat at five. Man, that's a big big void to fill in English conditions. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting scenario, eh? This first major series without Ross Taylor and kind of where they're going to go, who's going to fulfil that role with Devin Conway coming in, can he really 
stamp his mark because you look at Kane Williamson and, and uh, like you spoke about Henry Nichols, he's been um, very, very good for the Black Caps as of late. He's always been successful at the five number five position. But you look at the loss of Ross Taylor and we've always had Kane Williamson there or thereabouts. So this is the opportunity where we really get a, a, a test of where the depth at is with New Zealand cricket. Can Devin Conway come in and fulfil that role that Ross Taylor's held for, well, 10 plus years, you know, for so, so long. So, yeah, it'll be interesting how he's uh, able to eventuate over the series. But also on that with Trent Bolt, man, I love that from the Black Caps, the management of their players. Like, this is your leading test wicket taker for the Black Caps. Yeah, strike bowler. Strike bowler, someone that they they hold in high regard, him coming back from the IPL, the workload, knowing the enormity of this test series to be able to say, look, we understand that you've had a big series with with the Rajasthan Royals, you've been their main strike bowler, you've been, you know, putting in a lot of effort, come back here, we'll rest you. So that just shows that uh, the the Black Caps are are ticking all the right boxes, man. It'll be so easy for them just to come out and say, look, Get out there, play, start flog bowling, them. Yeah. flog them right to the end, and then we lose them for probably six months with a side strain or, or you know, a knee injury or foot injury, something like that. So, yeah, I commend Gary Stead and the Black Cats for doing that. Yeah, I, I had a, I actually had a different can't wait question of the day, but as you're talking there, as I've been inspired because um, without Henry Nichols, without Trent Bolt, for mm. good reason. All of a sudden, somebody's going to have to step up. Can't wait question of the day. Now, they did play around with Daryl Mitchell batting higher up the order, Colin de Gronholm coming in, so kind of that dual all-rounder. And we know Colin de Gronholm, again, being able to nibble it around with the Duke ball, um, get a bit of swing in English conditions can be really dangerous. My can't-wait question of the day is because this test series is looming. We've got the commentary here on SCNZ. Baz is on tomorrow at 7 o'clock. We can ask him what team he thinks the Black Caps will pick. But I want to I know. Double eight, double three, or oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. All you cricket nuffies that have been hiding for the colder months, you've only just finished cricket season. Let's be honest. Come through. Which Black Caps player who is likely to be picked in the first test? So you you'll know that Henry Nichols is unlikely, and so is Trent Bolt. Which Black Caps player that is really likely going to play in the first test? is going to be the most important to our success over there. Is he said a name that I think it is? Devin Conway. For mm-hmm. me, I think Devin Conway, and it's a lot of pressure for a guy, but he has shown that he's up to it. Devin Conway is, for me, the one. 0800-150-811. We're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Give us a call. On the other side of this, who is your player that the Black Caps need to stand up that will play? Trent Bolt, Henry Nichols, huge emissions if that comes to fruition. So who needs to stand up? Give us a call or text double eight double three. Can't wait question today for a $50 TV bonus bet on the other side of this. NZ. SENZ, 25 minutes past six. Hey, I've asked you this morning. It's my can't ask, can't wait question of the day. Who is the Black Caps' key in the first test if Henry Nichols and Trent Bolt don't play, which is looking likely? Who are you looking towards? I'm going to go to Kempi and Izzy very shortly, but Richard and Tiawa Mutu's called on 0800 150 811. Morning, Richard. Who, who are you thinking, my man? Brothers. Morning. Morning. Hey, um, I... Uh... I think we've probably got one bowler and one batter that need to stand up. Mm. So um, after his first stunning year, Cole Jamieson was great in that first year, but like the last season he looked it looked like he was getting a bit frustrated, like it wasn't quite as yep. easy as it was that first season. So yep. I think if he can be a bit more consistent, we need a little bit more out of him with Bolty missing because 
difference. Good shout. And yep. and and probably for our batters, because I, I honestly think Devin Conway and Will Young will do great because they've shown that they're pretty consistent and good performers. I think who we need to stand up is Tom Blundell. Mm, yes. Um, since yeah, since since that um, fighting hundred at, at the MCG, like he scored runs, but it tended to be not under pressure and wasn't really when the acid was on. So I think we just need a bit more out of Blundell. Uh, especially in that middle order, and I think if we can do that, we'll be we'll be pretty set, eh? Yeah, that's pretty spot on, mate. You've made a valid point. I was talking to Louis off air actually. I was thinking because Tom Blundell, he's been there or thereabouts. He's shown signs of him to be able to push forward, but he hasn't been able to come, reach the heights of like BJ Watling. We know how uh, influential he was for the Black Caps, and I was asking the question to Louis. I was like, mate, you reckon they'll give Cam Fletcher an opportunity? So you reckon this is his chance to really cement that spot in the Black Caps, Richard? Yeah, hundred percent. Eh? Like, um, he he ha- he's definitely capable. He's shown mm. he can do it. But it just seems like often when he's getting the runs in the last season, it was it was when he wasn't under pressure. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're like when we really need him. Like, you know, how many times did BJ do it? Like, you yeah, know, that was a yeah. really good example. Like, he would just stand up and like, you know, just it didn't happen tough. every time, but he did do it a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. Got and, us out of our mini holes. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And if I do say one thing, like, you know, Daryl Mitchell's been outstanding as an all-rounder and Colin de Gronholm's shown a lot of patience. Mm. Like, it's something he never used to have. So either of those guys, I think, will go well as an all-rounder. Yep. Good point. Good point, Richard. Take it. And um, that's exactly what I was after. Who needs to stand up? Troy has come through. Steady the ship. Kane is due for some form and needs to reprise his test final form in England. Troy, I, I agree. Troy, I think he kind of... Is the given, but you're right. There was a couple of wobbles during the summer. Is he? Who's it for you? Wow, those are all great valid points from Richie, mate. Appreciate you coming on the Kinatai phone line. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Um, look, I was I was probably going to go down the well off here. We had a good chat, and you really hit it. Huh? I was originally going to go Devin Conway. I was going to go Devin Conway just fulfilling that role, and um, you know he's he's been he's just knocking on the doorstep of of. International stardom. I'm, I'm looking at his averages, mate. 63.9 in tests, high score 200, ODIs 75 average, T20s 50, mate. So he's just a run eater. He just gets runs, eats runs for breakfast. So um, with the loss of Ross Taylor, I just really, I just feel like he needs to um, really take a step. But I loved his call on um, on Kyle Jameson, a guy that took a, a year out of the IPL to really focus on Test match cricket. Interesting to see how he goes for you, Uncle. I'm going to take a different um, road along who's going to make a hell of a difference for um, this Black Caps uh, team. I think there's a lot of mind games that's, that are going to be played out over mm. the following week in the next um, three three Test matches. And I think Kane Williamson is is going to really have to show um, some really good leadership because one thing he will know is Baz, mm. and he and he'll un, he'll he'll try and understand what Baz's strategy is. But Baz will also know his 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 strengths and weaknesses, and I can see a lot of mind games being played here. So there will come a time when one of them may have it wrong, and it'll be the strongest mind that gets them through. So I think Williamson here, if there was a challenge that he wasn't expecting, it's Baz McCullen. Mm. It's what Baz is going to bring to the table with the English team, and I think I think Baz is really going to strategise in and around that. There's a, there's a lot of pressure on Kane. Hey, he had a pretty quiet IPL. He's obviously had his fair share of injuries, but he probably hasn't been able to reach the heights that we're probably used to with with Kane. I feel I feel like he's yeah. he's there or thereabouts, but he hasn't really taken a, a game by the 
scruff his neck and, and really Look, taking control, I feel. I, I think why we feel like that is, mm. and I think you, you nailed it for what you first said, I think it's so hard uh, to be a perceived sports star when you're coming in and out of injury. And as you'd know this, like yeah. even if when you're coming back from injury, you're playing okay, mm. but you don't get any momentum. You're not stringing five innings of 60 in a row. You're not stringing games in a row where people can notice, oh, no, no, he's back to his best. So even if you're not playing badly, if you're not playing a lot yeah. and you're not playing really good, it's hard to be perceived to be at your top, the top of your game. And we've had a couple of messages saying Kane Williamson, which I really appreciate. I love this one. Daryl Mitchell with the ball, Conway with the bat. It could just be the double D distraction derby for the first test then England will rebound for the second test cheers leave your name with these messages who needs to stand up for the black caps I've got a $50 TAB bonus bet Richard in the box seat because he gave us a call 0800 150 811 Adam and Brett your texts after the news with Aroha for Kubota together with shaping and building New Zealand ahead of the first test between the black caps and England and then join us for live commentary from 9 tomorrow night on SENZ <laughs> SENZ 27 minutes away from 8, yeah, Aroha's right, Baz McCullum tomorrow at 7 o'clock. We'll have to ask him what he expects the Black Caps to line up like, and he might say, oh, I'm not worried about them, I've got to pick my own side. <laughs> no, Baz, he's got... wonder what his theme is. Yeah. <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> oh, yes, we'll get it. The theme will be, what's the, what do they say, uh, the fox in the chicken coop? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, Brett says, Tim Southey's been hanging out with Baz, speaking of all IPL, he's missing his opening part of it. Look out for an inspirational performance by our premier senior strike mm. bowler, Brett. And you know who has been standing up for the last couple of years as a senior player? Tim Southey, like a fine wine, is he? Kempi, he just keeps getting better and better. Charlie, he'll be on the road. What do you got for us as far as the Black Caps go, Charlie? Yeah, I'm on the road. Not much about the Black Caps. I think England might be favourites for the first test purely because mm. most of the... A lot, a lot of the Kiwi team have just come back from the IPL. Trent Bolt, Kane Williamson, who you just said isn't 100%. If he's 100% mentally, then they may stand a chance. The reason I was calling was to talk about barbers. I used to take care of, from Auckland, I used to take care of it. Parawa, Parawa in um, Taranaki, and I was down there once, and I thought, oh, I need a haircut. So I walked into this barber's, and I sat down. Where's the place to go for one? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, another thing as well, if you see a hat shop next door to a barber's, don't go in there. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in the chair, and, and I've got the, the gown on, and he starts cutting my hair, and I'm thinking, wow, this, is, this isn't this is what a barber does. And I'm thinking, has he broken in? He was just about to steal all the taken, so the barber's tied up in the back. And I said, look, mate. I've got, to, I've got to go. I've got an appointment. He goes, oh, I'm not finished. I said, you're good, mate. I'll just gel it up. <laughs> and he, he, I, gave him, I, gave him, I gave him his 15 bucks or whatever, and I walked out. And about four doors down, there's another barber's. And a young, a young kid in there with long hair. And I goes, oh, mate, um, could you tidy this up, please? He goes, mate, you're about the sixth blog I've had in this week. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So don't go to the barber in Harwood and next to the hat shop. Oh, Appreciate it. Charlie, that is so good. I can't imagine the uh, barber is too sharp down in Geraldine. Similar situation, but you never really know. Kempe, you know the joint? 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just would never have a haircut in Hawara. <laughs> well, I thought when you say, if you get told, oh, you're getting a haircut in Hawara, it means something completely different. I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to say, saw Bully Luke sitting in there getting a haircut. I would have gone, well, that would have been enough to walk out. Oh. So good. Uh, Richie on that has actually said, Morena, it's nothing better than a fresh cut and a cutthroat shave. Yeah. With your itchy, yeah, there is nothing better. And Adam, if Nichols is no good, I would be putting Fletcher Cam, that is, in mm. at f- in at five. No, in Mitchell at five, Cam at six, Blundell at seven. Well, it's a really interesting point you make because I'm trying to work it out here as I sit here, Adam. And the actual lineup and the construction of this batting order, when you put it down on paper and you stare at it, Latham, Young, Kane, Conway, are we going to have to play Mitchell at five, as you say? Can Blundell bat six if you want to play Colin de Gronholm? You're batting KJ at eight. All of a sudden, mm. it's not necessarily the vintage-looking Black Caps side. Are we worried? That's probably a question for tomorrow. Right now, the can't wait question of the day is who is standing up? And you have said Will Young. If he can bat long and get through the new ball, then he will help set up the platform for Kane, Devs, Dazza, Cam. Good to be back in the land of the long white. Yeah, nice to have you back in Aotearoa, Adam, and you've been a passionate listener since day one. So mm. awesome to have you there. Um, let's just park that for two secs, boys. Loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Speaking of Taranaki, Daggy, you found an interesting article this morning. Oh, I did. I did. I was reading. I said Taranaki has uh, had the, the race mat Canc- race meeting cancelled and I've had to go to Waverley and now I was scrolling down I saw an angry Al Sherrick and then I was like wow isn't his, isn't Bruce Sherrick part of New Zealand <laughs> racing and I was thinking I wonder if they're having a fight I wonder if there's a little argument going on here so Kempi What's gets on the phone the oil? And, and rings out our shout. What's the oil, Kimpy? What's going on? Yeah, he ain't happy. You know, big red. You don't want big red walking around with a with a like he's a bull to a red flag when he's got uh, he's got the bit between the teeth, and he ain't happy having to travel down to Waverley. Just the way he said it. Oh. Yes, we've got to go to Waverley, Tony. And I just thought, well, <laughs> and and you know when he you know when he's angry is when he calls you by your proper name. Mm. So um, yeah, geez, look, Taranaki have had plenty of time. I actually know a little bit about that story. They 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 had to abandon a few races as a number of tracks around New Zealand have had to do. They had three of their four abandoned though, from February. So it was yeah. it was a real issue. And knowing knowing Bull Bruce. Um, he would have had some criteria that they would have had to meet, and they just haven't haven't gone about doing their job properly. I think they have to look internally. Um, so Taranaki Racing Board has kind of just let it. Hundred mm. percent. I think. I, th- I think they're. You know, you can't be blaming the if, if it's safety. Yeah. You know, first yeah. of all, you know those the thousand thousand kilogram beasts running around mm. V eight. You're sitting on a V eight. You don't want to be coming off it. Reading mm. between the lines here, uh, so they've. The track is actually okay, reading between the lines. The track is, they've done the medial work on the track and they can actually use it. They've had 70 horses galloped. They've had senior jockeys, senior trainers, Mm. Alan, Lisa, Dylan Turner, the likes out there, Johnny Wheeler. But it looks like they've done it on the kind of fly, a little bit of a bootleg operation. And when you're dealing with exactly what Kempi's talking about, that level of, uh, I guess, equine flesh, human life, you have to tick the boxes. You have to do things by the books, and that's what reading between the lines. So I can understand the frustration from the stakeholders, the trainers, the jockeys that have to then go to more expense to go out of town to go to the races, but I can also understand it from the governing body, the Racing Integrity Board, because you just don't muck around with this stuff. Mm. You just got to get it right, is he? Like, yeah. Have you been there? Have you been to Taranaki Raceway? I've never been to Taranaki. No, it's a nah. beautiful spot. Mm. It sits, sits right opposite Boys High, 
um, New Plymouth Boys High School. It's a nice big piece of land looking down over the coast. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah. it's absolutely stunning. And they've been up against it, mm. um, the Taranaki Raceway, this, this year especially, because they want to build a sports hub there. Uh, and they've had all the submissions, you know, the, the earthquake um, issues that happened with the Taranaki Rugby Union and having to pull the stands down and all that sort of stuff. So they want to put the sports hub up there. So to have this on the back of it is just compounding their, their problems. Mm. Very frustrating for the Central Districts, and especially for the Taranaki trainers, who, by the way, have been flying at the moment when you add up Robbie Patterson and Johnny Wheeler and, and Al Sharrick and Janine Miller even. There's been lots of results. So they deserve a bit better down there. 20 minutes away from seven after this. 0800-150-811. He's in studio. Yeah. How the... Shoulders? Yeah, yeah. yeah good. Played a bit of squash. But sore, actually. I played squash against BV, so Cole? I got oh. a hiding. I tried to find my inner poor Cole, but I had poor nothing, and it was hopeless. <laughs> and I've got sore hips, mate, and I've got a sore knee, sore foot. Wow, what a game. Oh, Horrible no. for my body. <laughs> not not poor Cole, uh, but he is the quiz master. Come see us. Willamette Travel want you to go to the Goldie 500. All we need you to do is win Quizzy Dag and you're in the draw. 0800 150 811. Questions on your radio, giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast. Five questions for the win. Supercars on the line. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. You're mine. It's Quizzy Dag, give it a go. It's Quizzy Dag, now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Dag, who knows the most. It's Quizzy Dag, we're going to the go-go. Yes, Charlie wants to escape Geraldine. He wants to go over to the Gold Coast and potentially... Find a new place to get a new haircut because Harwood didn't work out. Charlie, morning. You're up first, brother. <laughs> I'm up first. I told them put me fifth and make the last question easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't ask, don't get. Well, here we go, mate. Good Come luck. on, let me see if I can knock some down for the boys. Come on, let's go. Here we go. Which team sits atop of the ANZ Premiership? Five. Oh, four, clue, please. Three. Give me clue. Don't stand there. Clue. Yeah, I'm just doing it. Yeah. Is that a horse? Five. Four. Three. Oh, that's tactics. I don't know. <laughs> oh, the post. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Charlie, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day, mate. We're going to go to Uncle Brandon Huntley. Morning, Uncle. Morning, the brothers. Ooh, I actually drove past Huntley yesterday on my way back to Tomoki Makoto. It was guys like this every day. They stop for a haircut in Huntley, they, they do it with a knife and fork. Question number one Which team sits top of the ANZ Premiership? 
Central Pool. Yeah, nice. Nice, Brett. Question number two. Which year did Nottingham Forest last compete in the EPL? Saw them on the news last night. Oh, was about... Oh, no, I don't know. Apopo. Apopo. Have a good day, Brett. Thank you. We're going to go to Mark from Tauranga. Marky. Sorry, lads. Yeah, we're good. Good to be in the studio, mate. How are you? Yeah, bloody good. Bloody yeah. guys actually knocked on yesterday too, so uh, no, it was good. Awesome, awesome. Question, which year did Nottingham Forest last compete in the EPL? Uh, I watched on the news. Um, I'm going to ask for a clue because I'm not quite sure. So. Great print song, be- this one. Great print song. 99. 99 is correct. Question number three. Yeah. Who is currently last place in the F1 Constructors Championship? <laughs> it's, not, uh, it's not Toyota. <laughs> nah. Huh? I like I'm pretty good, actually. No, it's not Haas. Sorry. I'm going to say what Uncle said after someone gets this, Kate. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Have a good day, brother. Thanks for calling in. Jade from Hamilton. Morena, very, very well. Who is currently last place in the F1 Constructors Championship? Uh, Williams. It is Sunny Bill Toyota. (laughs) 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 We were telling, we said to Kempi off here. Who was it? He goes, give me a clue. And then (laughs) Louis goes, Sunny Bill. And he goes, Toyota. (laughs) (laughs) Petrol station. I should have said Bentley. Anyway, there's a laugh. You're Bentley. Here we go. Question number four, Jake. Who is the current world's number one women's tennis player? Oh, can I please have a clue for that? Oh, she's pretty swah. Pretty, what was that? Pretty swah. <laughs> she's pretty swah. It's a Taranaki saying. <laughs> I reckon it might be that Australian Ash Barty. It's <laughs> oh. <laughs> not Ash Barty. She, she's retired, bro. Sorry, Jade. And look, to be honest, I wouldn't. I don't know where that clue's gone. So <laughs> maybe get Uncle to, oh, to do something. Oh, that sounds terrible. Oh man, Craig, don't be like that. Uh, Jade, no, Ed from Tolaga Bay. Morning, Ed. Morning. Yes. How are you, Ed? Good, thank you, bro. Just having a cup of tea listening to you, fella. Nice, nice. Not a, not a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm always a number one. <laughs> Straight skinny, that's the one. Here we go, mate. Question number four. Who is the current world's number one tennis player? Is it Inga Swiatek? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Pretty Swiatek. Question number five. How many NBA championships have the Boston Celtics won? I don't know. 14? <laughs> 14. Not far. <laughs> Pretty close. No, not 14. Sorry, Ed. Have a good day. We're going to go to Tim in Christchurch. Morning, Tim. There we go. Yes, good, Timmy. How many NBA uh, championships have the Boston Celtics won? Is it 17? Oh. Timmy, Timmy, Timmy. <laughs> How many times is Tim in the draw? Oh, 100. Timmy? That'll be about five, wouldn't it? 
<laughs> I'm not counting. Uh, well done, Tim. Good stuff, mate. Willamette Travel, they are getting somebody to the Goldie 500. The draw, well, it's got to be coming at some stage. So you you still got time, though. You can still call us every morning, 0800 150 811. Um, yeah, the regulars start to game the system, mm. but... I tell you what, we love new people in the draw. 0800 150 811 every morning. And our TAB $50 bonus bet for who is the most player in most important player in this Black Caps first test against England. Well, we'll announce that on the other side. Seven away from seven. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. And all things basketball, NBA, or the finals, Celts versus the Warriors are set. After 7am with Seth Part. Now, right now, Richard from Tawamutu, oh, I thought he was nail on head, lads, when he was talking about who needs to stand up for the Black Caps. Kyle Jameson, right in the firing line. Uh, he's taken time off, as he, as mm. you said. He needs to step up. So you can have a $50 TAB bonus bet, and we will build towards the cricket over the next wee while. Tomorrow, Bears on at 7 o'clock. If you want to know something from Bears, send us a message, double eight, double three. Kempi, you've got a text here from someone who has had a missing cyberd. <laughs> it's actually quite funny, this one here. Uh, this is coming in. Guys, I went to a barber's and got home and realised that it had only one... <laughs> I only had one cut, one sideburn cut. <laughs> I'd been walking around all day looking for, yeah, or looking like an idiot. So that's from uh, Jamie. Jamie, just about those sideburns. When they first come out, they were pretty. They were pretty cool. They're pretty scucks, you know. Mutton chops. Yeah. And, you got, and, and then they went. Well, well, then I tried to grow sideburns, but I couldn't even grow a beard back then, mate. So it was like a bitzer <laughs> sideburn. You know what I mean? But then they went for the pork chops. You know, yeah. they went all the way down under the chin. Oh, mate, terrible. The princess die, and is he? It's Taranaki boys, nothing by the book around here. That's from Troy. That, that's kind of how Kimpy does things, eh? Bootleg. <laughs> yeah, mate. He's so funny. He's so funny. But tell us your uh, barbershop horror stories. We've all got some. We've all got some when you've gone to the barber and you've been like, can you cut this? And then bang. I, oh. actually, I actually have one before I met my in laws for the first time. I had a mullet. Shannon made me get rid of it. What we didn't realise is that the barber was going to mishear me and go buzz cut. Skinhead for the first time I showed oh. up to the in-laws place And it hasn't gone well since Coming up to 7am We're going to go get him at Cafe Coffee Seth Partner talking NBA After that Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota Together with Shaping and Building New Zealand Find 15% of the Metamucil range At Chemist Warehouse Now starting from just 1869 And Kogan Mobile New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans Visit koganmobile.co.nz This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast On SENZ That's for you, Craig. That's for you, my brother. Bout it out, is bout it out. it out. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ Tuesday, the 31st of May. It's just after 7 o'clock. Coming up, big hour for you. We're going to be talking some NBA. We're going to be talking some golf. And we're going to be talking to Frank Panisi after 8 o'clock. He is the Melbourne 
uh, Storm general manager of football and uh, he's probably a huge reason why the Storm have been so successful for a very, very long time. The boys chatted to Frank yesterday. We'll play that for you after 8 o'clock. And remember, remember, we have Bears on our show tomorrow, 7 a.m., the leader of the English test, test side. They are taking on the Black Caps live here on SCNZ Thursday night. You can hear that on our uh, frequencies, on our airways, on the app. But tomorrow we're chatting to Bears, the boss, McCullum, out of the UK as he's his first assignment up against the Black Caps. And we'll be talking about that throughout the morning. But Uncle, we missed off the back fence at just before the break, but it's coming up at 7.20. What have you got for us coming up, mate? Any clues? Uh, yep, there is. After talking to Frankie Panisi yesterday, I thought I'd have a little bit of a look at uh, development in New Zealand. So mm. I'm going to have a, a chat about that. Beautiful, beautiful, Kempi. Looking forward to hearing what you have to say, my mate. Uh, right, right now, we're going to talk some NBA. The NBA Finals are set. The Boston Celtics yesterday finally down the Miami Heat in Game 7 to punch their ticket to another NBA Finals for the storied franchise. The last time they played the Golden State Warriors, there, though, Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell were running around. A lot has changed since then, and after a grueling slogfest with the Heat, will the Celts have enough firepower to hang with Steph Curry and the reinvigorated Warriors. Seth Partnow is the NBA analyst for The Athletic, and he's been good for us to, uh, throughout the season, and he's on the line now. How are you, Seth? Doing well. Thanks for having me back. Thank you so much for joining us, mate. Yesterday's Game 7 was exhausting. Did you think that Jimmy Butler 3 was dropping to send the Celtics packing after a massive fourth-quarter collapse? Uh, there were, that would have been, there were worries. The, mm. the takes would have flown had they, had they managed to, to give up what seemed like an insurmountable lead. Mate, there was two different paths that these teams took to get to the NBA finals, wasn't there? I mean, this is sort of a return for the Warriors, mm. um, almost back to their pre Kevin Durant core of, of, you know, built around, uh, uh, Steph Curry and Draymond Green with, with, the help from from Clay Thompson and some other other players that they've drafted. I mean, essentially, uh, thinking off the top of my head, the bulk of their contributors are all players they drafted or signed. Hey, Seth, what did you think the Celtics needed to sort out before they went on this run? Um, I think part of it is their defensive scheme is mm. very uh, complicated, relies on a lot of communication, both verbal and nonverbal, and I think it just took them the first couple months of the season to to learn how to communicate and and play with each other so that they can switch and pass off assignments seamlessly and basically since january when they seemed like it clicked for them they've been by a decent margin the best defensive team in the league um and that's really kind of what this 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 2022 run has been built on for them mate at the start of the season was just the kind of final two uh, teams you were thinking will potentially be there come the end of the year, or you think this is a, a bit of a surprise for the Celtics, particularly to to be there come the end business in. Sorry about that, my son just walked into the room. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> did you did you hear? Um, me? I thought, I thought, yeah, I thought at the start of the year, I thought that hmm. at the start of the year, I thought that the um the the two teams that were going to be in the finals was a rematch. Actually, I think I thought the. Uh, the Warriors certainly had a chance, but I was expecting Suns Bucks round two. Um, yeah, I think that since since about February, I've been I've been 
thinking that the Celtics were going to make it. Um, and then kind of as the playoffs progressed, I started to doubt. Uh, but uh, I'm not surprised with how the, the these two teams ended the season, that these are the two teams we, we mm. ended up with in the finals. Seth, the boys here, they're, they're, uh, they're Golden State Warriors supporters. Um, I'm, a, I'm an old Larry Bird faithful from the Celtics. What do you, what do you think? Have they got a chance of taking them? You know, is, it, is, it, is he a one-man show? Can he, can he take it to the Warriors, or has the Warriors just got this in the bag? So it's, it's interesting because while the Warriors have been sort of more impressive throughout the playoffs, uh, I think all three teams Boston has played are better than all three teams Golden State has played. So it's actually a little bit hard to, to really calibrate almost where these two teams are, even over the course of the playoffs. Um, I think based on what we've seen, especially Boston's ability or, or tendency to kind of self-destruct offensively, I think you have to lean Warriors, mm. but I, I'm... Do we lose them? Yeah, it looks like we lost Seth. Oh, apologies there. Apologies there. I, I cut out for a second. Oh, good. Um... I, I no, I'm I'm uncertain uh, wh- what to think about this, just because of how different the road these two teams took to get to the finals. Hey Seth, so we're going to go out for lunch on Friday, and we're going to we're going to sit down and watch the the uh, the first one. Um, what do you reckon? Do you reckon Celtics can get the first game, or do you think Seth Curry is going to just absolutely nail them and and hit like eighteen three pointers and blow them off the court? <laughs> I think having I think having uh, three full days of rest is going to be very useful for Boston. Uh, just as as you mentioned in the intro, a grueling series with Miami. Uh, they have a number of players who are a little bit banged up. Um, I think honestly, the the biggest factor in Game One is is, is uh, are Robert Williams and Marcus Smart going to be close to 100 percent to go? If yes, I really like the Celtics' chances. If no, it becomes a little bit more dicey. Uh, just ask you a question about the playoff schedule, mate. Is it different this year, Seth? Because a lot of guys look exhausted, and we have seemingly seen a lot of banged up bodies. Um, I don't think it's too terribly different than mm. usual. The, the thing is, is this is the because of we went from the the bubble in the twenty twenty playoffs. Uh, the mm. season started with the short off season, uh, but leading into last season, and then the very short off season leading into this season. I think it's it's more just we have basically two calendar years of a ton of basketball for these guys. And I think that's really catching up to everyone. And I can speak for my conversations with people around the league. People are really looking forward to kind of a normal, normal length offseason this summer to really kind of recharge after what has been a, a you know, a marathon of two full seasons and an extra playoffs. Mm. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty full noise for sure. Hey, uh, what about Clay Thompson, mate? Do you do you feel like he's back to to where uh, his very best, and he's helped showing signs of of superstardom? Like, yeah, I think when they named the seventy fifth top best players ever in the league, you saw like his disgust with not even being in conversations. Do you feel like he's showing the NBA and people, um, you know, why he's been considered one of the best? Um, I think that offensively, it's mm-hmm. it's similar to what we saw before. I, it, it's always tough because metrics aren't as good, but both from an eye test standpoint and from a metric standpoint, uh, his defense is not really where it was prior to the yeah. injuries. Um, and that's, you know, that's both injuries and, you know, age. It's, it's not unusual. Uh, he was one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA, 
Uh, he's maybe an average defender now, and so I think that is a is a pretty big difference. Now, in terms of where his place is in history, prior to the injuries, like is he a top seventy five player? He's certainly he's certainly been in the conversation. I think mm-hmm. I, I I would have to actually sit down with the list because he's probably in that group that's you know there's probably fifty players for the last twenty five spots, mm-hmm. and he would be among those. All right, Seth. Just before we let you go, series. Give us a go. Give us a leader, mate. We love having a wee tip on the, a wee little go on the on the punt line. So where's the series going? When and who? I, I, oh man, <laughs> I um, I've I've thus far. This is you guys are getting first prediction. All right. Uh, I've been, I've held off thus far. World so I'm going to, oh, we love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm I think I'm gonna go Warriors in six. Warriors in six. That's, I know that means that I, that means closing out in Boston, but I don't think home court totally matters for either. I think both these teams are fully capable of winning road games, as both have shown. So I think that the Warriors close it out in Game Six. There you go, Louis deflated. Louis, oh, no. you're not deflated, Louis. No, no, oh. I, I agree. You're a Tex fan, aren't you, though? No, no, I just had a bet with a listener, oh. Seth, that, that they would beat, <laughs> for a box of 24 beers, that they would beat Miami. And so, so I'm reveling in my glory today. But I think you're right. I think, I think the Warriors probably, I think the key that you said, Seth, is just the rest. And you're so mm. right about the amount of hoops these guys have played. Then you throw in the Olympics as well. Um, which Jason Tatum did go to, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so it's just the workload that's mm. piled up on the Celtics through that series against Miami and the fresh legs of the Warriors dealing with the Mavs. That could be the difference, couldn't it, Seth? Yeah, I really do think so. Um, it's it, it, not just in the number of games, but the physicality of both the Milwaukee and the Miami series. Um, now Boston does, does like to play that way, but it's still that's a lot of that's a lot of hits that you know they play a pretty short rotation, and so it's a lot of hits that that their guys have taken that you know the 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 Golden State guys have have not over the last month. Hey Seth, quickly we're going to let you go right into about thirty seconds, but before I do it, I'll be gutted if I didn't ask you this. But I'm a Lakers fan, and uh, it's been a horrible couple of years. And do you feel like? What's your take on the Warriors? Can, uh, I mean, the Lakers, can they <laughs> go away, have an off-season, get an, a healthy Anthony Davis and LeBron James? Can they come back to, to maybe compete come playoffs and finals? Uh, that, that's longer than you have given me to say. I will say <laughs> I worked with I, I worked with Darvin Ham for a year, and I think that is a, that is an absolutely fantastic coaching hire mm. that they've made. Uh, so, so I think that it's someone who – can can make them run like a real like baseline competent nba team i think that at the very minimum he's someone who can bring that and then it's you know you make the right moves around that you get good luck with health and yeah they're right back where you'd like them to be you got any inkling on on the right moves you got something you can maybe throw on the (laughs) throw us out there um maybe uh, um uh you know maybe maybe putting some defense and shooting around lebron and ad like Mm. that's that's worked before (laughs) why not why not you know why not do the thing that won your championship two years ago um but you know that's that's just me and everybody else talking like Uh, you know so all right all right (laughs) mate you haven't really inspired me but that's okay we'll get there well hopefully one day mate thank you so much seth partner is an nba analyst for the athletic we appreciate you as always mate thank you so much absolutely take care guys
There you go, Seth Partner. Hey, Izzy, uh, that is so funny because the, I actually read an article this morning saying that they the Lakers are unlikely to trade Russell Westbrook because they don't want to give up any future assets. So mm. the NBA is a funny one, Kempe. You, you'd know about salary caps. And mm. Russell Westbrook is on the worst contract in the league. So next year he's up for about $45 million, and he is probably worth about 6 to $8 so you're paying that's this is Matt Lodge wow. territory right mm-hmm. so to get rid of a contract that bad when the player's been in decline that bad what you have to do with these sorts of um, franchise tags and I guess asset management is you would have to attach a really nice asset to that for another team to be inclined mm. to take it on so that's like a, a high first round pick or in the future that's another really nice player and they do have, I think, a 2027 first-round pick that they can get rid of. But if they get rid of that, after they've mortgaged their whole future on Anthony Davis, the Lakers would really be gutted for the next decade. They would have nothing left. This mm. is their last little thing they're hanging on to. So do you swing for the fences while LeBron's at the tail end of his prime and get rid of the pick to get rid of it, Russell Westbrook? Because, as guys like Seth know, you're not going to win with them. Mm. You can't win with a salary cap suck that bad in a salary cap sport when you're getting about $6 million out of a guy. And this is where the Warriors have fallen with guys like Dallin Watini, Zelezniak and Matt Lodge. And that's why when Cam George said the salary cap doesn't worry us, it makes zero sense because we know how salary cap sports 100%. work. So Izzy, not to be too bleak about it, but they really are. They really have a gun to the head with this Westbrook contract, don't they? <sighs> yeah, look, it's, yeah, it's a difficult situation. But I just can't get my like Russell Westbrook. You know, only like six years ago, seven years ago, he was like the face of the league, just blowing up on defence, on with the ball in hand, and then he's just gone away. So I'm just thinking, where do you think? Can he get back to his heights, Louis? He can't get back to his heights? Like, you think form is temporary, class is permanent. Like that. But his class was hyper-athleticism, mm. and he's into his 30s now. You think about yourself, Daggy, when you were playing in your mid-20s to when your body started to fit. Yeah, but you figure out ways to be able to have your impact on the game. So he can't shoot. So he can't shoot, so he's horrible. So when you can't shoot and you've <laughs> depended on your athleticism, so these guys, they yeah. transition, and they become maybe 3 and D guys or more shooters. But if you can't, and that's the biggest tool gone, well, then you really are. So we're just... Got no chance for a while now, the, the Lakers. They have to trade him if they want to contend. Mm, okay. And can they trade him? Uh, well, that's guys like Seth, that's their jobs to work it out and crunch the numbers, and it, it's looking pretty tough. So just the the six, the six, 4-2, finals prediction from Seth, Warriors 4-2, $5.60tab.co.nz. Cool, okay. <laughs> it's, it's like a bait on a hook in it it's like a bait on it it's like you just throw on the line out there for Izzy oh, okay okay have a look at that but the salary cap is really the, the salary cap is really interesting you're dead right Louis you, ca- you can't manipulate it you know what I mean mm. you've got to be if you're going to make decisions like what you're talking about yeah, we, Westbrook the, pro- the problem with the Westbrook scenario is that mate there's more there's more cattle coming on the online all the time that's right and they ain't going to be spending the money no. and, and missing out on the cattle why would you that's there's, exactly no, there's right. no incentive for the other teams and you've nailed it Kempe and it is, it's actually similar to most salary cap sports um, but this one that the Lakers have got themselves into they won a championship though in the bubble with mm. the, when they mortgaged everything for their Anthony Davids trade so, I mean, if you're a, if you're a Lakers fan, I'll ask you, Izzy, was it worth it? Did you feel like that bubble championship is worth the pain you're in now? Uh, it kind of remind, like if you think back, it was like an empty stadium, didn't have the hype. It just feels like the Blues trans Tasman, you know, you know, asterisks. Like, <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, what? like a, 
it doesn't really feel like a championship to me. The Lakers win in the I, empty I, I stadium. With the, I get it. When they were staying at Disneyland all together in one group. Like, it just didn't feel the same. I don't know. It was a, a total. Mm. It was a time where if you had great team chemistry and you had a strong leader like LeBron yeah. who could get because he was living with his teammates. And so, nah, I don't think it, it feels like Mate, a listen to, listen to Frankie Panisi when he comes on. Okay, listen to him and just listen to the way he talks about his club and the legacy and how they've built players to make sure that the salary cap isn't an issue for them. Yeah. It's really, it's honestly, the, one of the best interviews I've, I've had and, and, and listen to the person when he's talking to say it's all about the people. Uh, I completely agree, Kempi. I learned a hell of a lot. After this, you're going to go off the back fence and it's inspired by the Frank Panisi chat. Lakers fans, double eight, double three, the Tampa Bay Post text machine or 0800 150 Was that championship in Disneyland worth it? And Hoops fans, who are you picking? Warriors, Celts, give us your score prediction. Harrison Marker, double or nothing? Nah, kidding. Send your ultras to 125 to Stram, my boy. <laughs> 21 minutes past seven. Here at Kemper's Warehouse, great savings every day. 10% of the Metamucil range at Chemist Warehouse, now starting from just 1869. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Yes, and after speaking to Frankie Panisi yesterday, it got me wondering a little bit about the Warriors' development, and in the great words of a great man, Mike King, I think it's time, Izzy, to stop pretending. Stop pretending that it's too hard to develop talent, and every time a player doesn't look like he's any good, you tag and release that player as opposed to developing his potential. Why don't we stop pretending that Isaiah Papali'i, for instance, never had the potential he is delivering for Parramatta when he should be smashing it out for the Warriors, an example of a player screaming out for development. Why don't we stop pretending that you haven't released talented, underperforming players that have gone on and reached their full potential with other clubs. Isn't that so true? And stop pretending that it's too hard to develop players in key positions such as hooker and halfback. Look at Jerome Hughes, great Kiwi. I reckon one day he'll be captain of the Kiwis. A fullback converted into arguably a top three halfback in the NRL. How much proof do you need? And finally, stop pretending that you can't create better people and that better people don't make great players or staff. Maybe, just maybe, if we signed across the board people that were great individuals, then maybe we wouldn't have to pretend. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Thoughts is? Bang. <laughs> You're always <laughs> on the button, Uncle. You're always on the button, and I love it how you're passionate about, uh, you know, just building these young kids, not ha- not pretending that there isn't viable pathways in development. Mate, I'm, I love it. You're very passionate, and just hit the nail on the head with Jerome Hughes, who just has... You know, bursting on the scene at fullback, he's probably in our top two, I feel, in the league as, as halfbacks. And you're saying that he's potentially going to be the halfback for uh, the, the captain for the Kiwis. Look, just so. And I'm looking forward to this chat. I, didn't, I wasn't there yesterday when you spoke to Frank Panisi. Um, but just, I've had so much respect for what Melbourne do for so many years now. And 2018, we had a real alignment with the Crusaders and the Melbourne Storm and I was injured that year so I didn't really get the opportunity to head over to headquarters and the players they all met up with Cam Munster and and mm. all those top line players and and kind of got a real inkling of, of what they're about so yeah looking forward to hearing from Frank Panisi but for me mate yeah you're always on the money 
Yeah, and the, look, it's, it's all about develop. Like the big thing that Frankie Panisi just rattled me yesterday mm. was how he continually talked about the people and the development of people. You know, the way he talked about Jerome Hughes and, and the leadership group and, you know, it's about building this legacy down at Melbourne. You know, one of the things I realised is how important a Frank Panisi is to a club. Mm. You know, like obviously Ballyake signed that big contract and we talked a little bit about that, Ballyake moving into a, maybe a football director's role. But Frank Panisi, he's the type of bloke that I think the club should look at. Someone like that who actually knows what he's talking about. Yeah, Kempi, I completely agree. Uh, although, as we'll hear, <laughs> kind of sounds like he's done his dash to a degree. Although, these guys, they are addicted to success and they're addicted to winning. So mm. if you feel like you can really make a significant uh, change to a, a club over a long period of time, you never know. Here's one for you. Double eight, double three, even better. 0800 150 You guys know this. The Warriors haven't, they don't have a mortgage on New Zealand Rugby League fans. There are lots of Kiwi Rugby League fans that support other NRL franchises and they probably get sick of us banging on about the Warriors, to be honest, because there's a whole lot good that goes on in the NRL from player management, from club development, from Rugby League development standings. What has your club done right over the last, let's say, decade or two, this century? What has your club in the NRL done right that you're really proud of, whether it's a CEO, whether it's a coach, whether it's a player that's developed through their age grade, their juniors? What is it? Double eight, double three, or 0800 150 Because as I say, there's lots of New Zealand rugby league fans that aren't necessarily Warriors tragics. There are lots that are as well. But come through. I want to know because Frank Panisi sets the example of what can go so right. As you ever think about that, we'll get to you on the other side of the news with Aroha. For Kubota, together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Hear from you very, very soon. SENZ 27 minutes away from 8am, 31st of May. Oh, what's that? June tomorrow. Properly winter, isn't it? Uh, if you are just tuning in this morning, in the first hour we spoke a lot about Baz and that test against the Black Caps. Now, important to note, Trent Bolt is unlikely to play in the first test and so is Henry Nichols. So already you're down to Daryl Mitchell is probably certainly going to play. Matt Henry should be getting an opportunity. And where's Tom Blundell going to be batting? So have a think about that over the next week while. We'll talk about it a lot in the lead-up. Seth Partnow is an analyst for The Athletic at all things NBA. What does he reckon for the NBA Finals? We spoke to him at the start of the hour. I think I'm going to go Warriors in six. If you're into your hoops, go check that out. It is Ian Kempe for breakfast on the podcast channels. And uh, right now, we've got Medvedev and Maran Cilic locked at it. Sitsipas knocked out of the Roland uh, Roland Garros this morning as well. Uh, Medvedev is actually getting his bum handed to him by Maran Cilic. First set done, 6-2. So we might not have expected that. We were talking Warriors, Pathways, NRL clubs before we shot off. And 0800 150 we've asked you to call. Is he just very quickly, was there anything you th- could think of from an NRL uh, perspective? From NRL, oh, it's been a difficult couple of years for my team. I'm a West Tigers fan and um, they've obviously got Luke Brooks, who's potentially their marquee man going forward. Uh, development's probably been a problem there. They've uh, got Robbie Farrow running the waters and trying to do his part in the background, but... 
they got Madge at the helm. It's it's been a difficult situation for them. So it's not necessarily. I don't the, have anything yeah, that's yeah. inspired me from the West Tigers' point of view. So it's. I, I think the most inspiring thing about the West Tigers is they brought Benji back in some capacity yeah. yep. to to work with the younger people. That's you know mm. that's that IP that um, intellectual property that that we spoke about last week. Yeah. Like don't lose it. Mm. Yep, completely. Hey, uh, Dom, we'll get to you in Auckland in a second, but let's cross the ditch to Sydney and go to Mark. Uh, Mark, you thinking development with Penrith? They seem to have done it right. I am thinking that indeed, uh, because Penrith's my favourite team besides the Warriors, and they've managed to get the best coach, they've managed to get the best players, and as such, they've managed to top it off with a grand final win last year. And it looks like they're going to do it again this year too, that development. Um, oh, mate, it's like a, oh, it's a behemoth. The amount of good kids that are coming through. Look at the left edge at the moment and the, and the young centre and the young winger that have just, you know, scoring tries week in, week out. I agree with you. Penrith, uh, up with Melbourne of the benchmark. That's it. Appreciate you call, Mark. Straight to the point. Dom, you're back in Auckland, no doubt. You're a Warriors tragic, but is there anything, you, is there anything you can give us? Oh, um, how's it going, boys? Um, I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, Kempe, you're just saying about IP, you know, but we've brought back Sean Johnson, and at the moment, you know, he hasn't he hasn't brought that much, has he? No, well, he hasn't. He's not delivering what he should be delivering on the football field, but I think that's more around uh, the physicality of the game, and maybe it's past him. And, and I think, you know, I've always thought this, and I've said to the boys, I think that he'll retire before the end's out. Uh, especially if the the, the um, trend keeps trending the way that it is, Dom. So, yeah, a lot, there's a lot that's missing, Dom. Where would you go to? You know, if you were if you were in the head job, where would you go to next year? What would you What would be the signing that would make you happy as a as a supporter? Well, like we've already missed it. I feel like uh, Tamari Martin. You know, like mm. he's gone to the Broncos, but like he was over here. I don't know what the whether the Warriors tried to get him or not. You know, but He's playing real good over there, and you know, it's someone we should have we should have picked up, gave him a second chance. Like it's not often. Hundred percent. After what he'd been through, someone 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 like that gets a second chance, and then he's coming back and he's playing pretty good. <laughs> yep, Dom, he allowed and clear, mate, and he was right under us. Is he? You said that under under nose. You said that straight away. Yeah, yeah. I, when I when I when I look at this, the teams that are doing it really well, they're developing really well, and the teams that aren't, it, it underlines two things. I've like I always talk about it, but I've been in uh, teams where they've done it well and they haven't done it well, and the teams that've done it well, they've had high performance, they've had development on the field, but they've also had development and high performance off the field. Yeah, life is all, all you know. We're in high performing teams, and it's all about sport and results. But the the teams that get it really well, and I'd love to really get an understanding from Frank Panisi later, and hopefully uh, he nails it. But talking about, yes, they they perform high on the field, but it's off the field where you see these good blokes. They exactly. t- they've developed into leaders. They've developed into good blokes. They've got their heads switched on. They know exactly, you know, what kind of role they play off the field. And you've got leaders that really lead the way off the field, and that displays on the field. So. For me, I feel like it's more 90% off the field. If you're getting the boxes ticked and you're nailing all the detail off the field, on the field takes care of itself. And when you're put in those difficult situations and you've got leaders in those positions that can be able to um, handle that pressure when the, when the, when the, foot, you know, turn, when the heat turns up, that's when it's going to um, be a situation. So, yeah, for me, it's, it's you you've see the, team, the teams that are it. really 
Good. They've got both boxes ticked. Yep, making perfect sense. Is he 22 minutes away from eight? Let's park that for the second. Mark, Daniel, Richie, actually Richie, I've got to read this. Is Jordan Johnson the Russell Westbrook of the NRL? I don't know about that, but I know what you're saying. Uh, Mark and Daniel, we'll get to your texts in not too long, but we're going to tack right. We're going to talk golf with CEO of Golf New Zealand, Dean Murphy. He's coming up. Our golfers are on a tear at the moment. Are they seeing the results back in New Zealand? Let's catch up with Dean and find out. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, that's right, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, SCNZ. We're going to talk some golf right now after Monday and another set of results for our elite Kiwi golfers who at the moment are rolling with some serious heat. Stephen Alka bagged himself a senior PGA championship and a cool million bucks. How good. And Ryan Fox agonisedly lost out in a playoff after dominating a lot of the final round in Europe. So what's this top-level success doing for our game in New Zealand? Dean Murphy is CEO of Golf New Zealand. He's on the line. Morning, Dino. Morning, Izzy. How you doing? Very, very good, mate. You? Must be an easy job for you at the moment in New Zealand golf, trying to in, uh, entice these commercial partners to New Zealand golf. Well, mate, you've got a bit of tin. If you want to, if you want to invest, we're happy to see you. But I was just thinking in your intro, you're you're quite used to rolling rocks for uh, for millions of bucks. So, uh, mate, it's cool, isn't it? Isn't it awesome to watch these uh, these golfers perform so well and uh, you know do so do so well yesterday? You know, it's it's been a wee while too. We've got those golfers out there doing it on the world stage, which is cool, mm. man. Um, so much interest in the game here in New Zealand, and those guys flying the flag. So it's yeah, it's it's really cool. I guess when when the game is good and and like you said, flying the flag and we're getting so much success, does that reflect back in New Zealand? Does that kind of uh, you know the pathways and kind of really stamp the mark that you guys are doing a, a great job for for the young golfers going through? Is it is it an easy job for you at the moment? Uh, mate, golf's in a good spot. Um, I never think it's easy. There's always yeah. something around the corner, as, as you know. But um, you know, golf's in a really cool spot. We've got memberships now around the country. It's almost a record high level ever in history. We're over 130,000 now, 30 percent up in the last three years. So, wow. so that's going cool. Rounds are rounds played are about 10 percent up each month. So there's more people playing golf than ever before. Kids memberships up 80 percent in the last three years. Um, mate, there's there's a lot of green lights. Um, everything's going pretty cool, and the clubs around the country are doing an awesome job and and capitalising on this momentum. But you know, when, when people up on the world stage play well, you know, whether it's Lids or mm. Stephen Elker or Ryan or whoever it may be, it just helps us, you know, inspire people. And you know, that's what sport is, right? We're in the inspiration game to try and get kids playing sport, whatever it is, and whatever shape and colour and ball and you know season it is. We're, we're just trying to get kids and New Zealanders participating in golf's doing that pretty good at the moment. Hey Dean, just, so so just talking a little bit about that and your high performance pathways, you know, if you get those kids I know out at Criston College for instance on the North Shore they've got that golfing academy for their school kids do you see um, the high performance pathway working? I've just had a look at your uh, your money that you've been given from High Performance New Zealand is it like only $60,000? Is that correct? Yeah, we don't um, we don't quite fit the mould there in that high performance. But, sport. I mean, but you are a gold medal sport, in... though, aren't you? You are a gold medal sport. That's right. Yeah, we. Um, I mean, they they're helping us where they can, but we're not one of those big investment sports. And you know, they they do a good job to help us around the campaigns. But um, you know, there's not a heap of tin coming into to golf from high performance. Um, I think you know, golf's in this interesting space, like a lot of professional sport, that when 
people get to the very, very sharp end of it and are winning gold medals or winning major championships or whatever, you know, they are at a, um, usually at a sufficient means because they've been playing on these world tours and, you know, can, can look after themselves. So our investment and most of our time and effort goes into that, that kind of rookie pro and developing amateur kind of phase, you know, when people are getting to that elite amateur and then transitioning to the rookie pro, that's where the real effort needs to go on just to, you know, we, we have... Um, dozens of world-beating um, young golfers in New Zealand, but getting them to transition up to be world-beating on the world stage is quite a challenge for New Zealand, so mm. that's where our time and effort needs to go. You know, when Foxy's up on the world stage um, playing really well and, and winning lots of money, and, you know, he, he, he's pretty self-sufficient, but the time when he was an elite amateur heading up to the States to pedal his wares and heading around Europe and, you know, like trying to get onto that stage, that's when we needed to do our work. Mate, if you're if you're able to keep this this fire going and keep the success going forward and not resting on our laurels as many outfits tend to do in, in New Zealand, what what's some of the things that you're potentially looking forward to? What kind of programs? Where are you targeting to go forward to maybe ensure that we're unearthing the next Steve Valka in ten years time or something like that? Well, you've still got time for the thing. So <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, I was two under but... the other day and then I shot eighty, so I'm no good. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, that sounds a lot like your game, but look, mate, for us, uh, um, putting effort into young people is still the number one thing. Like we've, we've done really well the last two or three years, but the 10 years before that wasn't great. Um, we didn't have heaps of young kids coming into the game. So the, the whole idea is, and it's like any sport, if you get loads and loads of young people interested in playing the sport, then naturally there's, um, there's a few of them that pop out the end of the that conveyor belt and pop into the high performance, you know, um, pathway. So for us, number one thing, getting more kids playing, that's uh, that's where it starts and finishes for us. Hey, Dean, is there something like the big bash coming in golf? Have you thought about a shortened version of golf for the kids that are coming through just to make it, you know, like a, a, a bit more um, entertaining as in that sort of, you know, crash and bash type thing that other sports are trying to do? It's really interesting, you know, there's lots of the, the big tours and, you know, with all the superstars playing, continually look at these different formats and shorter formats and yet it keeps reverting back to the, you know, the, the four-day stroke play event, which is, you know, still remains the, the number one thing. Um, there is lots of different things in golf, whether it be long drive or, um, you know, nine-hole golf or six-hole match play shootout. There's all sorts of crazy formats out there, but for some reason none of them seem to stick or gain that much appeal. It's always the the four-day uh, stroke play event that still has that, that pedestal of being the number one thing. All right, looking forward to next year. It's been a few years since we've had a New Zealand golf open, Dino, um, and obviously this year with missing out, we lost those uh, that wonderful wonderful reward that we're offering for the open, top three to head to the open. Going forward, are we are we looking at like anything like that's going to be available for these pros to maybe entice them to come play at the New Zealand Open? Yeah, we hope so. We'll find that out um, in a couple of months, but it was gutting to lose that chance this year. We worked so hard to get it in, and then you know, COVID uh, gave us the red light for that tournament. So we struggled this year, but next year we're all go, I think, three to six March are the dates, and hoping to have those incentives in place. But it's just, tell you what, it's just going to be awesome to run the Open again after a couple of years off, and um, I know Queenstown's pumped to have it back, and Millbrook's looking awesome with their new nine holes, and everything's all set to go. Um, just need to make sure we're COVID free and we can run it next March. So uh, fingers crossed. Nice, Dino. Love golf. We love it, mate. I love it. I'm a fan of, well, it's the most frustrating sport going around, I must <laughs> say. But I'm always going back for more. But appreciate you coming on the show. Dean Murphy, CEO of New Zealand Golf. Catch up soon, mate. Nice one, lads. Cheers. There is Dean Murphy. Yeah. Um, 
insightful, is he? Mm. That's pretty cool numbers there when you think about it. Uh, so 130,000 members. 130,000 members. The rounds played up 10%. Yeah. And we knew that golf took a massive upswing during COVID. Yeah, gutting to lose the New Zealand Golf Open. But all that expendable income, cars, golf memberships, people return, mem- return people because you wanted to get outside and the challenge for Golf New Zealand, how do you keep them? Mm. How can you keep them locked in? So, so exciting to hear those numbers are sticking, Kimpy. Out at Murawai, for instance, that golf club there was struggling a little bit before COVID. Now you can't get on the course. There's a waiting list to, to, mm. to members. And also they run a big tournament out there for the amateurs. Um, you know, those guys do do it tough because they've they got to stay in the motor camp. They they bring their vans up, they stay in there all week, and then they go and play in these tournaments to try and try and make it as a pro. So I listened to what Dean's saying. It's just, you know, the Foxies are, are the cream. Mm. You know, these blokes underneath it, they, they you know, obviously still need a little bit of help. I hear you, Kempe. Uh And it sounds like that's where Golf New Zealand's focus is at as well because those top people, they can look after themselves, and that's what Dean said. All right, we are seven away from eight. Izzy's bomb squad after this. To Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Izzy's bomb squad. Rugby, it's in our blood, it's in our DNA. We live it, we feel it, we ride every single moment like a roller coaster at Rainbow's End. Rugby is a religion in New Zealand, and when things are going well, we cherish it. But when things aren't going so well, we start asking questions. Coaches, do we have the right people driving the bus? Depth, have we done enough? at the junior grades to ensure our future is bright to unlock our next All Blacks, All Black Ferns. We demand success and high high performance, but while we're consistently looking in our own backyard, we forget about the global footprint that New Zealand continues to display on the world stage. Lima Sapwanga, Kendrick Lynn, Toby Arnold and Jordan Taufua leading Leon to the Maiden Challenge Cup. Victor Vito, Tawara Kerbalo, Ihai West kicking La Rochelle to the most cherished trophy in Europe over James Lowe's Leinster. Ryan Crotty helping Kubota Spears claim their third spot over Matt Todd's Toshiba outfit. And Robbie Deans coaching Panasonic to a top league win over Damian McKenzie's Suntory outfit. Wherever you go globally, the New Zealand brand will always be strong. The global footprint is healthy. Let's not get comfortable with that. This is a journey, and the journey has no ending. Izzy's Bomb Squad. Well, I'd hate to be underneath that. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I realise we're so passionate about New Zealand and, and as All Blacks fans and Black Ferns fans, when we are seeing you know, the things that aren't going so well, we kind of tend to think maybe we're not in a strong position uh, globally. Yep. But you just look at that and the players and, and the, like, the, the footprint that they lay around the world, like we're, we're still healthy and the respect is still there. So we're still healthy, but Kempe, if you're New Zealand rugby listening to that, are you clapping or are you cringing? <laughs> I think what Izzy's pointed out is just the amount of success that they've had. And when you're not having success, that's when the questions come out. But mm. it'll, it'll always be there. It's a fabric of our sport. Frank Panisi up after 8 o'clock. Let's go get some McCafe coffees. Izzy, that was outstanding. Your bomb squad. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building Aotearoa. Claire from Chemist Warehouse for cold and flu relief. Get 30 tablets for just $6.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ.
Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. SCNZ Thursday, the 31st of May. It's just after 8 o'clock. I'm up here in the studio with the team. It's great to be here. I've just had my McCafe coffee, and I'm going to fly through this next hour. What a last hour we've just had. We spoke to Dean Murphy. Dean Murphy is the golf, New Zealand golf CEO, and we had a great chat with him about the current status of New Zealand golf, where they are at, are they in a healthy position, considering the success that they've had over in the world stage. Steve Alka, he is flying at the moment on the Senior PGA. He just won the Senior PGA Major Championship yesterday by three shots, eight under in his final round. How good is that? And then Ryan Fox, obviously agonisingly losing that playoff, uh, uh, playoff hole in the fourth hole of the playoff round in that latest European Tour event. Unlucky for him. And then, well, you've got Lydia Ko, you've got Amelia Garvey, you've got just absolute champions flying the flag. So if you've missed that, make sure you head over to uh, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. (laughs) Why? I'm staring at Uncle, and he's smiling at me, and he just about jumped over the the desk. You're all good, brother. You're all good. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, and you'll get that podcast. (laughs) Uh, It was a great chat. With Dean Murphy, but coming up, we're going to chat to, um, or we're going to hear from Frank Panisi shortly. The boys had a catch up with him yesterday, and we're going to play for that to you very, very shortly. But before then, Kimby, we've got a few text messages to read. Yeah, lots of opinion on the league, on the off the back fence. Here's one from Richard Hey lads, Ed Mahisa can't call again. To me, it's the back office that sets a standard. Panisi mm. is one example, and others Ben Eichen at the Broncos. Yeah, that's a fair comment too. Look how they've turned around the, uh, their season so far. Clarity of position and good management makes such a difference. A bit different to owners getting alpha with the players <laughs> on the booze. Another one here from Mark. Well, I'm proud of my club after being booted out of the NRL, they come back and won the 2014 Grand Final in a 41 year old drought and winning their 21st Grand Final. Geez, that's nice. Making them the most successful club in the 45 years. Um, and that's from Mark. And, and I like this one here because I think you've got to think differently. Uh, and this is from Daniel in Auckland. Someone like Chelsea Lane should be brought into the Warriors as a consultant was leader of the GSW franchise, and look how they performed under her direction. Yeah, so Chelsea Lane's probably, if you're aware of her, like Daniel, very sharp work, and if you're not, she's a Kiwi that has run a high-performance cent- um, management centres for Golden State Warriors, and I think the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA, just when we say sharp mind, like the you know one of the world leader, astute sports brains, and looking past what's in front of you and the obvious is probably where the Warriors um, have tried to do previously. Like you think Sam Tompkins, but it hasn't worked. That doesn't mean you should be dis- discouraged from trying it. Innovation is the way that these teams that have been doing poorly can buck the trend. And Frank Panisi speaks about that and the legacy he has built with the Melbourne Storm Kempe. Insightful chat. You caught up with him yesterday. Let's hear from Frank. Well, he's one of the sharpest minds in rugby league and along with Craig Bellamy has built an empire with the Melbourne Storm that every club can learn from. Frankie Panisi is the general manager of football at the Storm and he's with us now. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Kepi. How are you, mate? Yeah, really good, mate. Just um, what the question I really want to ask is like, how are you guys? How do you think you guys are travelling this year, the Storm? It's been an interesting year, Kepi. I mean, obviously we've uh, started really well. We had some big scores there for a while and then uh, we had a bit of mishap with two weeks on the road up at Queensland, where uh, we, you know, our depth was tested. Not, I suppose that was one area we always thought this year was going to be a challenge. We probably, whilst we think we've got a pretty strong seventeen 
or so players, uh, the depth's not quite as strong as it has been the last few years. And uh, we were tested early and, and tested against two very good teams in Penrith and Cowboys, and we came up short. Yeah, look, that you know, sitting one in the top three teams with you guys, um, both Penrith and the Cowboys. I suppose that's a good thing, Frank, to know that the uh, the recruitment isn't where it should be. What's your plans um, to sort of sort that out? Oh, I don't think we're on our own, Kempi. I think the last two years is, uh, that the game's taken a hit because of there's been uh, very little or no football played underneath the NRL. We're talking about the state cup competition, and as you know better than, than myself, so Kempi, you. You can train these young blokes as much as you like. So, you know, as, as well as losing players that are on the fringe and uh, or, you know, a couple of our players that are lost and the next man comes up. A, a lot of the players just haven't played much football the last two years. I mean, uh, and and that's that's the best way you learn. Yes, you can train and, and spend hours in, in the gym and hours on the video, but ultimately it's on the playing field where you get better. And, and we've got a lot of those young blokes, as do all a lot of clubs, uh, that uh, they haven't played the last few years. And we, we just start to see... A bit of a, a bit of a lull in that development years, and as I said, we're no different to any other team. There's, there's teams um, if you get a few injuries and probably illness with COVID and the influenza has been the biggest uh, uh, mm. challenge this year. And and when that bites into your squad, you, you really feel it more than than other years. Yeah, it's a that's a really good insight, Frank. It's um, you're dead right. I suppose a lot of the clubs, especially the ones at the bottom, are starting to feel it when they're getting those injuries um, to key players in their side. Also, with Melbourne next year, you're going to be losing a few of your big-name players. How's that going to affect the club? Yeah, look, I mean, it's uh, when you lose players like the Bromwich brothers and, and, and Luis Cafusi, not only is losing um, very good players, losing leadership and experience. So, um, you know, we've put uh, a lot of work in our leadership program and, and our players and our spine, that being Ryan Pappenhaus and Jerome Hughes, uh, Harry Grant, uh, they're going to be our next leaders, and so we're putting a bit of work in them as leaders. Um, you know, uh, Stephen Kearney, as well as being our assistant coach, runs our leadership program, and both with the senior leaders and, and the new players coming up. So, from a leadership point of view, I, I think we're doing some real good good things there. In terms of uh, replacing those players, obviously that's pretty difficult in terms of the experience and who they're replacing. But yeah, we've recruited a couple of players. Uh, Tarek Sins was signed, give us a bit of experience, and we've signed young. Joe Chan from the Super League from the Catalans, his father Alex, yeah, uh, you know well that played with us here and many years ago. He's uh, he's already probably played thirty to forty Super League games, so he's going to come over. And we've got a couple of other young forwards coming through now. A young Trent Lariros having an outstanding year coming off the bench, uh, and there's a couple of others. So we're going to replace them with some youth, but also as I said with Tarek Sims and probably on the lookout for one more experienced forward just to give us that uh, that experience that we need, but. Other than that, we've got a pretty stable team next year, and obviously got a, a pretty good spine. Yeah, and and made some good good old names there, Alex, and of course Mooks. You might make sure you tell Mooks to throw his, his his hat back in the ring for the Kiwis job. I think he should be the Kiwi coach <laughs> currently, Frankie. So you make sure you let him know that, mate. Just just tell us this. You know, everyone in New Zealand hears hears about the Melbourne Storm and. I always talk about you, Frank, and, and, and the big part that you've played down there in the club and, and keeping it um, ticking over. What's the secret, mate? What's what what are you what's your recipe for success? Oh, good people, Kepi. We've got some been really lucky that uh got some good people in key positions in the club. Um, you know, obviously you know, playing players are important, but got a terrific staff and a staff we've kept together for a number of years, so I think stability in the staff and 
and the assistant coaches got I don't know Craig he's got some I mentioned Stephen Kearney but he's got some people like Mark Brettmore who's been here basically all his life at the Storm with when his father started here in the in the early days Ryan Hinchcliffe of course he played he has a life memory he's doing a great job assistant coach um, Aaron Bellamy Craig's son he's again been here a long time and got a great performance them so I think the people are, are really important and, and also the stability where probably the last five or six years we've had very little change in our in our staff and that's important when you lose players a lot each year as all clubs do so to have that stability off the field is really important um, you know I enjoy my role with Craig we've been together now 15 years and you know I, I see my role as trying to take as much pressure off Craig uh, as possible he focuses purely on the upcoming game and and uh, and I worry about everything else so take that pressure off him I think there's the role of a head coach these days is getting bigger and bigger. So, um, you know, but ultimately their job is to win games on the weekend. So, if I can let him allow him to spend more time on the weekend uh, and not worry about everything else, that that in a nutshell is probably how we operate, Kevin. Yeah, and and too right, mate. That relationship between you and Belly Acres, mate, one of the, one of the best I've seen in the competition for a number of years. Frankie, hey, he, he signed on again, Belly Um So, and I'm not too sure if I've worked out. Whether he's going to coach for one year and then step into an executive role as a as a coaching director or or into some sort of support role with you, what's the future structure look like for you both? Yeah, look with with Craig, I just I think you know the arrangement that's been arranged with him and the club just speaks volume of how the club values him, and but more importantly, he's earned that as well. So it's a at, at last year he signed a five year deal where it's a year to year rolling in terms of being the head coach, but he's um, Whenever he's had enough of being head coach, he'll go into what's called a coaching director role. So, and that's a role still to be worked out. I mean, when he decides to go into that role, we'll probably look at the nitty gritty of how that role will work and how he'll, he and I will work in that as well. But look, he, he's just uh, going to take a year at a time. And um, and the way he's coaching at the moment, I, I I can really see him going again in 12 months' time. But there's a long time between now and another 12 months. But he, he's coaching as best as I've ever seen. He's enjoying it. I think he's enjoying the challenge of the turnover of players every year. I mean, you know, he went through the uh, big three leaving. I think there was a lot of mm. commentary in the, in the game of how we were going to handle that. And, you know, we've, he's, he's done really well with that. And now, obviously, as you said before, Kempe, we're going to lose some key forwards next year. And, you know, Brandon Smith's another one we're going to lose. So that's another challenge. But he, he seems to thrive on those challenges. So, uh, as I said, wouldn't be surprised surprise me at all if he decides in 12 months that, you know what, I'll go another year in 24. But we've got him for 2023, so uh, we'll enjoy every, every moment. And when that day comes that he says, I've had enough of being head coach, we'll, we'll sit down and work out the next role for him. Yeah, look, you talk about losing the big three immortals in the own right, Cam Smith, Billy Slade and Cooper Cronk. What about the replacements, Harry Grant, Jerome Hughes, a Kiwi and, and, and Munster? <laughs> Talk about development. Talk about your club and and how right you've got it, mate. Can you just just let us know because Jerome, for me, is a really interesting signing for you guys and the amount of I guess support and and faith you've shown in signing Jerome long term. What has the Kiwi game done for Melbourne? Um, not only in the past, but what does it do for your your club moving forward? Oh, it's been an enormous part of this club, Kempi. I mean, from day one, as you said. I mean, you know we're Kawira Nickow and Stephen Kearney was spoken about, and you know, Richard Swain. There's all this club's always had a very strong association with with the New Zealand game, and you know, um, you know, we've got the Bromwich brothers and Brandon Smith and, and, and Jerome Hughes. So, 
it, it's it's you know, and as you know, in Melbourne, there, there is a strong uh, New Zealand expatriates here living in New Zealand, and um, and and it's just something that we've you know really enjoyed, and, and I can see going forward as well. You know, with um, getting more Kiwis coming in. So, but you know, talking about Jerome Hughes, he's he's been a, been a phenomenal uh, player for us over the last years. The way he's developed into a halfback. And, he came to us as a fullback. We could play a little bit of five eight, but he was predominantly a fullback. But um, you know, he's changed the way you know halfbacks are played. It's completely different to how Cooper Conk played as a halfback. We know how he was. Um, you know, he's, he's a genuine old fashioned running halfback. But he does a lot of things that uh, you know people don't see. You know, we didn't we we didn't have him for two games there against Penrith and uh, mm. the Cowboys, and his defence is something that just doesn't get spoken about. And, uh, you know, we really missed him and that, plus his organisational skills. And, and I, I mentioned earlier in this call uh, that the area that he's really improved in, and uh, Stephen Kearney's got to take a big pat in the back for this, is his leadership. And, you know, when, when Jess Bromwich goes off the field, that you know, Jerome becomes our captain. And, um, you know, I, I can see him captain the, the Kiwis sooner rather than later. He's got very strong leadership. He's highly regarded by his peers and, and, and the coaches. And, um, you know, there's... There's no reason why I couldn't captain our club, whether it's next year or you know after that. That's mate. That's great news to think that you'd be following in the footsteps of Cam Smith and and even Mark Graham and and having someone like Mooks um, leading that leadership program is so good to hear. My my final question before I let you go, Frank. You know, and we're going through a torrid time here in New Zealand with the Warriors. You know, we we actually yesterday morning didn't talk about them on the radio because giving them all the airtime for the wrong reasons. Would you and Ballyate consider coming over here and running football for the Warriors? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I can speak for Greg's behalf, and I'm the same. This this will be you know how long we stay in the game. I'm not too sure, but this will be our, our last hooray. Uh, but if you ever decide, if you know, probably going back years now, be one club you'd like to. You know, as I said, we've got a real affiliation with, with New Zealand. I just think it'd be a fantastic. Uh, it's got the potential to be. You know, a, a big club, but I've really felt from the last years. I mean, we went through the relocation ourselves. Um, it, it was tough, so and they've done it a lot worse than we have. They basically since early 2020 have been on the road. So I, I think it'll be a fantastic when they get playing again um, in New Zealand. But more importantly, I think it's fantastic when they get back based in in Auckland and and what they had before. And I think it's the potential is enormous. And I hope you know that the NRL uh, look after them with uh, not just their home games next year, but get some more content in New Zealand next year. I just think the game needs it. I think, you know, we've had a real two years of, or three years now, really, of, of no rugby league in New Zealand. So we need to get as much rugby league back in the country. I know they've got a test match coming up soon, but, you know, I think uh, I think everyone in the game is very supportive of more rugby league over the next few years in, in, in New Zealand. Here, here. We all hear you down here, Frankie. And, uh, Look, if I ever get to run the, the game over here, if it's for the Southern Bears or even get called back in the Warriors, you'd be the first by God call and say, come back and give us a hand, brother, because you know what you're doing. Thanks a lot for joining us this morning, Frank. Say hi to all the boys over there, the Bromwich boys, Jerome, uh, Brandon, Mooks, uh, all the Kiwi boys that are enjoying your club. And uh, go well, mate. You guys are going really well. I've, I've still got you guys as a favourite to share. Never never fail. Melbourne, always there at the end. Good, Campion. We're looking actually... We're going to be coming over to New Zealand. Um, it's the first time we're over there since 2019, and I think uh, I think it's July or mid-July we're coming over, and uh, looking forward to it because uh, you know we always enjoy playing over in over in NZ, and um, we've got a good following there, and just uh, a lot of our players enjoy the game because they've got that many families. So uh, 
and friends. So it's yeah, that's one thing, one game on our calendar we're very much looking forward to. Thanks a lot, Frankie. Take care. S E N Z. Oh, there you go, Frank Panisi, our general manager of football at Melbourne Storm. So much to take out of there about how they've set up their empire. Oh, all I can think about though is Kempi saying that the Melbourne Storm are favourites to win it. I thought you had mortgaged One the, of the house. Favorites. I thought you had mortgaged <laughs> Kitty Kitty on Panthers. Panthers Melbourne final. Get on mm, it. Interesting, mate. That was a great chat. Great questions there, Kempi. I was just listening to Frank Panisi and a guy that has done it all with Melbourne Storm, and he just the, the things I took away was. His, his, his calls on stability. He's got stability mm. in the club. You got Bellamy, uh, Team Bellamy, father son situation. You got the back room, everyone in the right seats. And then you've got a real understanding of each other's roles. So everyone has their certain roles. You don't have someone else overlooking someone else's roles. It's doing your job and doing it to the best of your ability. So they've got real stability, they've got good understanding, and they've got continuity. They've got continuity in the back room. They've got messages coming through that are the same messages, and there's no mixed understandings from there. So, uh, mate, that was an awesome, awesome chat at the moment from uh, Frank Panisi and just a real look, good insight. And one thing I got from that as well is the pathways, and that he spoke about the there was no football. There's mm. no competition in the, in the lower grades. So it's been difficult for these players to, to be able to build these pathways through. Going forward, are we going to get that? That little, what was it, the New South for under 18s, under 20s competition that yeah. they were playing? Is that going to come back? Yeah, look, it looks like the Warriors are trying to get their 16s, 18s, and reserve grade mm-hmm. playing in that competition, which is really important for the development of players before they get into first grade. That's what Frank was saying. So hopefully hopefully we can get that done um, going into next season. I agree with your balance and autonomy was massive coming off Frank then. You know what I mean? You list, looked at him, he was a decision maker, saying, and, and it was so clear. The clarity was just so awesome. It was, this is what happens yeah. here, this is what happens happens here, this is who does this um, but look he talked about good people in key positions and in the pressure cooker situation like they know what to do, mm. that's that's the whole, um, I think the secret of Melbourne is that they just know how to plan their season out and when the when, when the pressure cooker's going when it's not. And look one thing, that's like, I was, we always go back to the Warriors, I look at the Warriors and everyone's just kind of looking around, it's like am I allowed to say this? So there's no understanding there's like, there's no what's your role, and it's just so unclear. And when you hear him talk about, it, he's like, look, I do this, so Craig Bellamy can coach because the most important thing is success eh? on the field. So I do all the backroom stuff, so I'll just let him do it. So you never hear from Frank Panisi. And to you know, and it's kind of to that point. This text from Zane is he? These guys are a little bit bigger personalities, but Zane says with the Tigers bringing in Tim Sheen's head of football, Mal at the Titans, Gus at the Dogs being at the Broncos, is there's a similar sort of league brain that you think would be a good match for the Warriors mm. as a head of football. We need someone who's strong enough to deal with our alpha male owner. And, of course, then there's the coach that comes under that. Up the blues, cheers. Warrior-holic <laughs> Zane. Just pokes a head out of the rock. Yeah, out from out from the, the rock. Zane, I will see you at Eden Park for the funeral on Saturday I, night. I was reading that Ben Iken, um comment, say, and he was like, when they were going horribly, he came in, he saw Kevin Walters was taking too much load on. He came in, took all the backroom load off him, just made him focus on coaching. And look at them now. They are flying. There is a, there is a recipe to this sort of stuff. 23 minutes past eight. Frank Panisi, if you've missed that, head to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, our podcast channel. It's one of the better chats we've had this year for sure. Paulie Mwari, tab.co.nz after this, here with Chemist Warehouse. Great save every day and if you want to call us 0800 150 that's the Kennards higher phone line 28 minutes past 8 Paul Mawadi tab.co.nz is with us the party how are you Paulie? yeah good thanks Louie how are the boys? yeah Paulie 
Pira, né? A verde ou voz. Ei! Ei! É aí, Dan? Oh, That's a bad bet, Paulie. Two dollars twenty-eight with Origin, especially Daly Cherry Evans, both Trebojevic's, um, and I'll, and you always know you back the Warriors when everyone's Please, not backing see? them. That's when they come right. That's right. That's when they when come right. When everyone thinks they're out and down and out, they'll just come back and go bang. Yeah. It's like hitting a birdie after a big double bogey. And what about the, when does that happen? All the time. And what about the Origin, Paulie? <laughs> With the with the Queensland side being named, I heard a rumour that they they should be coming in shorter than they are. Queensland. Uh, let's have a look. Queensland currently two dollars and twenty cents. Queensland, New South Wales, a dollar sixty four. The points start at uh, minus three and a half. New South Wales. So there hasn't been too much of a change uh, since the two uh, teams were named. Queensland have come in slightly. Um, but yeah, just looking at the two teams, I, I sort of agree with you. I, I think they should be slightly closer together uh, myself as well. Uh, but at the moment, they're almost trading dollar for dollar. New South Wales and Queensland, dollar sixty-four, two twenty. Mate against mate, punt against punt. Twenty <laughs> twenty-eight away from nine. Fully, we'll talk to you plenty in the week coming up. Uh, thanks for your time. TAB app, download that today, and you can have a look at those odds on the go wherever you are. Sports, racing, all of the markets. We're going to be back after Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are building and shaping New Zealand. And I've got an awesome message from Thomas on double eight double three, the Temper Bed Post text machine. I want to read. Give us a call 0800 150 on the Kennard Tire phone line as well. Twenty-five away from nine o'clock this morning. Baz tomorrow at seven a.m. What do you want to know from the former skip, now the big boss? Double eight, double three. Get us, get in touch with us, and we'll put them to Baz. Your messages, if anything about this series. Remember, Bolte and Henry Nichols are looking unlikely for the first test. What will that do? Hey, uh, Dean Murphy's the CEO of Golf New Zealand. It was great to catch up with him. Talk about the kind of health of golf in the country while our stars are succeeding at the very top level. 
Mate, there's, there's a lot of green lights. Everything's going pretty cool, and the clubs around the country are doing an awesome job and, and capitalising on this momentum. But, you know, when, when people up on the world stage play well, you know, whether it's Litz or mm. Stephen Elker or Ryan or whoever it may be, it just helps us, you know, inspire people. Yeah, and, and then he went on to say, hey, what sport? Well, it's the business of inspiration. I loved that. I thought it was very, very true from Dean. And Frank Panisi, the general manager of football at Melbourne Storm, um, Really insightful chat about exactly how they built their framework and what they value inside that camp. And do you know what it is? It was people. But would Frank come over and bring Craig Bellamy and save the Warriors? I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've been, I can speak for the race your heart, and I'm the same. This, this will be, you know, how long we stay in the game, I'm not too sure, but this will be our, our last uh, hurrah. Last parade, last hurrah, whatever it is. Frank Panisi and Craig Bellamy going down with... Melbourne Storm and good on them. They've deserved it. Legends completely changed the way rugby league's played and professional sports been looked at. Mm. Of course, the blip of the salary cap situation, Kempi, but I think most people look past that now and see them for what they are, which is just a raging success. Oh, what, 21 years of, of success, really? Um, and and just some great players. I, I, what I touched on was the Kiwi players that went through the club. Each one of those Kiwi players he talked about, they're just all good, decent blokes too. Mm. You know, T-Bone... Uh, Mooks, Richard Swain, you know, the names that you mentioned, Alex Chan, uh, Matt Rua, remember Matt Rua? Adam Blair. Adam Blair, Blairy, Smithy, Jeremy Smith. True. Just Mm. just good good people. So I like that chat from from Frank. I knew he was going to say that about it was all about the people, um, which is so true. You know, you get it right right at the beginning. The first criteria is if you were signing um, a player to the club and you hit the nail on the head when you spoke about it, 95% of the time you wanted to be a good bloke before mm. they were a good footballer. Better people make better all blacks. That was exactly. the number one saying that we learnt when we made that team, mate. If you're an idiot, you won't last long in this team and they'll they'll figure you out pretty, pretty darn quick. Hey, with, with the Melbourne Storm and being a successful club, succession plan post Panisi Bellamy, how do you think that looks? What about the Balachek? Balachek passed the uh, the old contact book over to the Sun. Mm. Well, look, I think the five year plan is part of the succession plan. Mm. I, I actually think Bellamy probably won't coach next year. Yep. I think this is his last year, and then he goes into that football director's role, and he assists over the next four years that transition. You got to think about Jerome um, Pippenhausen and Munster. Mm. Is their spine and going into that leadership group, I, mate. I think it's he's he's not going to hand it over when they have to go and do that again. Mm. I think he's going to hand that over when they've got three or four years left. Was it Ryan Hinchcliffe that's in the back room? Is that, yeah, is Ryan it? Hinchcliffe. He's yeah. got Belly has got his son there, yeah. um, and Brentnell. Uh, that's his father was a fullback for Canterbury. Yeah, a very good um, fullback too. So, you know, it's sort of they've got they've got. A, a heap of IP there that they're just going to, I guess, let them so express they'll themselves. They'll, they'll be fine, be, mate. Yeah. They got it, they got it wired down. Mm. Steve, my favourite texter. Hey, lads, just having a think. Seth Partner made a great point around NBA surrounding the surrounding the Warriors having a great homegrown team. Surely the they are the right Warriors, aren't they? Surely they will be willing to pass on a few tips to their Kiwi cousins. Maybe Steve Kerr can come over and head up our development sector. <laughs> Steve, you, you're on a heater as always. He um, might be brutally, too brutally honest for them. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's very true. Although he is the good person, isn't he? Mm. Um, I tell you, I'm just going to read Thomas's text. And Kimpy, you're a knacky man, so you're our knacky representation. I'll get your reaction to this. Hey, guys, this is a bit off track, but Stratford Rugby club were no good three to five years ago they developed a team from high school to under 20s now the club is thriving it's the best club in the NACI argument 
yeah, best club in the NACI now, developing its home does work even at club level. Mm. And I'm a partier boy. That's from Thomas. Yeah, and you know, obviously Gavin Hill, um, as he would know, obviously a good rugby player, went to league, comes from Stratford, that, from that school down there. I agree with him. It all starts at school. If we can get kids playing um, in school and then going into club, that's one of the big, that's one of the big positives out of school club football. Yeah, and one thing with that is they're not just going in and trying to pluck out the best players. They're going in and they're offering kids, well, I'm only assuming, but clubs that I've been involved with are going in and offering kids outside of football. So you're ticking both boxes. So you're offering them opportunities to go do a trade, go do a plumbing, a building apprenticeship, or going, giving them opportunities for life outside of footy. And then um, obviously that's a great way because at the moment we're getting these kids, they're finishing and they're either stepping away from rugby because they see no viable pathway there or the players that are, are key to this are just skipping it and going straight into the academy. So we're kind of losing that middle ground and a lot of the clubs are struggling. So I love what Stratford are doing. They're really ticking the pathways box, but they're also um, you know, in, enticing and in encouraging these kids to go Tough on. Tough kids, mate, because mm. it's cold in Stratford. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we have to touch base. We love we love yeah, talking club footy good. this time of year. Maybe we'll do Get some digging. Uh, and Dave, good morning. Kempi, Izzy, and the one-eyed one. <laughs> Bracket, good name for a horse. Oh. Dave, maybe, maybe, should we race a horse together? <laughs> Did you see that trophy last night on breakdown? Shiny. I mean, on um, so the, the breakdown they put the New Zealand Super, Super Rugby. Rugby. Yeah. Did you see what Jamie Wall said about it? What did he say? It looks like a Pixar villain. <laughs> did you see that audience? <laughs> did you see that audience scribe the name on it? <laughs> what is it? Blues. No. I think they're saying booze for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you see Jake? So JK wouldn't even touch it. Didn't want to. Yeah, didn't want to curse it. It's the closest you're going to get to. <laughs> like, <laughs> like crutches, eh? Like crutches. <laughs> Dave, please, in no uncertain terms, tell Baz and in caps, Dave says, not to sing "God Save the Queen." Cheers, Dave. <laughs> Dave, we'll pass that on to Baz. If you've got anything else you want to hear from, uh, you want us to mention to Baz, send double eight double three. There's a little bit of audio I picked up off uh, from across the ditch. Just what Maddie Johns and Cam Smith, a couple of and Brandy, a couple of very successful rugby league minds, thought about where the Warriors are at at the moment. I thought you guys would be interested. We'll hear from that after this. Nineteen away from nine o'clock. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. That's the Kennard's Tire phone line. Get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. SENZ. SENZ, we are 14 minutes away from nine. Kempi, stop lying. Stratford ain't the best team down here. Clifton all day. Top of the table with Coops back as coach. Uh, mate, Colin Cooper, yep. Lane Glentworth, the manager. Um, Dombey, Dombrowski, the number one supporter. And Doc Van Prague from the Crowded House, mate. He's probably supplying all the beers for the boys at Clifton. I know Clifton's better than Stratford. Whoever that was, I wasn't saying that Clifton weren't better than oh, Stratford. Oh, we were just reading a text. Oh wow, I think you text, mate. I'm an old Clifton boy. Get <laughs> it right, Wally Cameron. He was my first coach. Okay, mate. Do you know Wally Cameron? Your, yeah. jaw, your jaw's tensing up. If you're texting, do you know Wally Cameron? <laughs> well, I do. Why does it look like you're bracing for a car crash? Are you going to hurt me? It's 13 minutes away from nine. Let's move on. Let's talk about. Let's go back to Kempi's safe space, talking about how the Warriors need to be better. Um, Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith over there with Vossi on SEN uh, 1170, our brothers across the ditch. They do a great job. Uh, Cam Smith, Maddie Johns, Julian Vossi and Brandy each. Monday morning, and they had a really interesting conversation, these men, about the Warriors. So interesting hearing their insights, all pretty much saying the same thing. 
very much saying what we've been saying for a long time, but this might drum it in from an Australian perspective. Let's start with Cam Smith talking consistency. There's probably been maybe a couple of years where they've been able to put together consistent performances across a season. Yeah, you know, they made the grand final 2011 against Manly against the, the yep, Roosters. But apart from that, we, we've just seen spits and spurts of of athletically blessed team, very skillful, but just at times just forget how to play their best football. Mm. So, mate, that's the goat. That's the Kelly Slater of rugby league talking. You know what I mean? He's and, not wrong. And just hit the nail on the head. Mm. So. You know, um, physically gifted, athletically gifted, can play football, just lack consistency. Mm. So true. And Matty Johns came off the back of it, and he kind of thought about that. Where, where Cam's going there with that athletically gifted and the way that the Warriors were initially going to play. He spoke a bit about the Pacifica ties and then maybe the lack of identity. Here's Matty on that. When the Warriors first came in, and Brandy knows this, there was the feeling that, okay, here is the club that's going to represent Pacifica. Mm. And... They've just, they have totally, look, I don't think neglect is the right word, but they've, they've allowed NRL clubs to go in there and take a lot of the talent. They, they've, they have very little presence in Pacifica during that region, and they've just missed out on such an opportunity. They, they've got to reclaim that area. So that there is a massive piece that needs to be sorted out, not only by the Warriors but the national body, because what Matty Johns is talking about is that every other of the 15 franchises comes in here and takes our better players out of the regions when the Warriors should have the development um, program on the on the back on their in their backyard. The other part about the Pacifica is that Australians the new new home for Pacifica. They're all going over there. They're all working. They're up More in the money. mines. There's, there's better living. There's... So back in the day when they used to come to New Zealand to work and, and Tongans and Samoans and New Wales, Cook Islanders were playing mm. rugby in our schools and, and going through the pathways here, they now do it in Australia. Have a look at the Australian team, for instance. Have a look at the Australian rugby team. Mm. Have a look origin. at Origin. Origin, mm. the face of Origin. Yeah. And Manny changed. Johns hits the nail on the head. If we can't retain hearts from the Pacific in our backyard here, they're going to go to Australia. Yeah, we're too, we're too reactive. We're too reactive. We're never proactive with going on. So I spoke about that young kid, you know, a club from the Gold Coast is coming over and spotting a 13-year-old in That's New it. Zealand. And, and and like on our front doorstep, and uh, someone up in Auckland hasn't even seen it, someone down the south has seen the potential. I'm not going to say who, but, you know, like, that's what's happening, and he's right, mate. We need to reclaim our foothold on this competition by giving these kids genuine pathways and genuine opportunities to come and represent and play the game of football, uh, rugby. Brandy, rugby Brandy, come on down. I think when the under-20s was abandoned, it, I think that, that if there was one club that really copped it in yep, the yep. neck because Set. of that decision, it was the Warriors because mm. they, they had so many rugby union kids, talented kids, mm. thinking... I want to play that. I want to play. Yes. I want to be part of that under twenty side because they're on television, Australia yes. and New Zealand national television. They they get exposure, and when that stopped, I I, I don't know what how they tried to I, remedy yeah. the problem. So the reason I want to sample that for you and for everybody is because it's not just us and it's not just you out there, Warriors fans on the ground banging these drums. They know this in Australia, which means the club knows this stuff. This is a it's an international conversation about the Warriors where the same things, the same sore thumbs are coming out. So I, I like to think because of that, they, they know what they need to change and now it's about actioning it. Unfortunately, uh, when you have situations like Matt Lodge going on, it kind of puts it, it makes it harder to actually be proactive when you, as you said it before, you're reacting all the time. Yeah, well, we just need stability. 
They just need a lot of stability in the club, and everyone needs to understand their role. Whoever's going forward at the moment is Nathan Brown. Take that real leadership role. Coach and coach to your best ability. Don't allow what's going on in the background to distract you. So that's what they need, and we need this this COVID situation with the, the under-20s competition. We need that back. We need something to really encourage these kids Growing up in New Zealand, and we know that they love the game of league, and that excites them being on the world stage and playing in the NRL under-20s comp, which is, back in the day, we used to love watching that. Oh, yeah. We need that back. So, for 100%. me, that's where it starts, Kempe. they got to get that back up and running. 100%, Izzy. And you and Brandy, I just want to touch on that, the 20s competition. We'd won the comp as mm. the Warriors, and then we'd How lost it. How good was that? And what you're talking about is pathways. Give me an example. National body, no idea. All right, so they run a 20s competition last year. Mid, they call it mid-central zone, won it. All right, They weren't rugby league competitions. They were advertising for kids to come and play in a tournament. Same thing happened this year. Last year's winners couldn't even field a team. They said they put up a post, say, come and play for last year's champions. Mm. Like, that is not a pathway. No, that's okay? a Band-Aid. That is a Band-Aid. And, and Brandy's dead right. You need to create pathways so kids want to play. Bang on, Kempe. Seven away from nine. Let's catch up with Smithy after the sleep on it with the Dwayne. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.